And welcome to another edition of the Firmware Update, episode 219. Back once again, folks. We told you we'd be back. You thought we were lying, but we're back. Monthly basis, folks. I'm one of your hosts, Malcolm Spinetti. And joining me, as always, Joe Garcia. How you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Terrific. Awesome, man. Our, our second show since we're coming back from sabbatical. Uh, how, how you feeling, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely... Still an interesting time to be alive. That's Ooh. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I, I was happy with the uh, response back from the show. People very happy that we're back. Uh, my friends uh, on my uh, chat room, Dan, Matt, and Derek, all listen to the show. So thank you very much, guys, for listening in. It's cool to have my boys listening in. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are getting more likes from people in Vietnam, which is always great to see. And <laughs> it's an untapped market show. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy. <laughs> Same here. Awesome. Um, do you want to go into anything, or did you just want to get right into it this week? Um, well, or- I mean, my life in quarantine has been very extremely uneventful, so uh, it's not really much to talk about except for uh, all these games we're about to talk about. That's pretty much pretty much what. I've been up <laughs> all right. Well, let's get right into it. So first, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, the Avengers War Room that they did recently. And uh, I, I know you haven't seen it yet, Joe, but I saw it yet. And I'm actually getting really stoked about it. And uh, I know you were initially upset uh, with uh, the reveal of the game. Is that <laughs> is that not correct? Not upset. It's just that the characters just look so... They look like a great, <laughs> the great value additions of the movie actors, so it's just like, so off-putting to me. Uh, Travis Foster told me in confidence, you flipped a few tables, buddy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like, I, I would have to say, even though I'm completely, I'm more or less okay with the, how they look, I think my favorite uh, meme of the whole situation, did you see the one with space balls where they're like, you didn't capture the Avengers, you captured their stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So. Like, we got dollar store Captain America that looks like Roger Goodell, the fucking NFL commissioner. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, you know, this is this is how I look at it. You know, it's a video game. I'm going to be staring at the back of their heads more than I'm going to be staring at the front of their faces most of the time anyway. So I was, you know, I'm going to give it a chance. I think it's going to be like uh, Cody's tattoo, his neck tattoo. Oh. No, <laughs> it's like let's not let's not let's not justify that one. Malcolm. That looks silly as hell. Hey, I'm not saying it was the right decision or anything <laughs> like that. I'm just saying, like you saw it initially, you had a very subverse or reactive reaction to it. Let's just say, <laughs> and over the past over the course of two to three weeks, you know, you barely notice it now. I'm just saying, you know, like. You, <laughs> You get over it. You're like there are more important things to look at, and so in playing the game and look in playing the game. So uh, we learned some interesting things here about about the the game. Number one, the beta starts on August seventh. So if you pre order it, I don't know if you we, you can do the destiny trick where you pre order it on uh, Amazon and they give you the code ahead of time. And then you can just cancel it afterwards. You know? But uh, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, they. The playable characters for the uh, game, for the beta, are going to be Black Widow, Hulk, Kamala Khan, and Iron Man. So you get those those right off the bat. Uh, The weapon, and you can do also four-player co-op as well for it, which is really, really good. 
really good. Uh, they showed up some of the bits in story, which uh, I don't know if you kept up with it, but the how they're incorporating Modoc and the fact that it's not just you know them fighting Thanos or some shit like we've seen in the movies, right? Yeah, is actually really really good. And uh, the way you can like customize each Avenger, like I hate to put it to in, in this way because I know some people are going to have the wrong reaction to it, but it kind of reminds me of Destiny, where essentially the <laughs> Each Avenger is the character class, if that makes sense, which has their own subclass to them and how you can play them. And each one is different enough that it's actually pretty interesting on in how they go about it. So I'm actually super stoked. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend that you go check out the uh, – they just released like a 17-minute War Room. They've actually been pretty good about the War Rooms, releasing one like every month, month yeah. or so. So just to keep people updated. And they showed up a lot of stuff. Including Iron Man Super, which is essentially the Hulk, which is the Hulkbuster armor, which I'm actually really stoked about. <laughs> and the fact that uh, the introduction, they talked about it already, but the Avengers Initiative, where they're going to introduce a new character every so often. And they revealed that the first character post-launch will be Hawkeye. And uh, he he's based off of the Hawkeye off of My Life as a Living Weapon, which I believe is a comic book uh, that... Franchise uh, iteration of uh, Hawkeye that you are a fan of. Uh, my life is a living weapon. Is that the more recent one where he's deaf? No, but I, that's news to me. Okay, uh, that that's the <laughs> that was the one where it's like him basically living in a you know living his life in like an apartment. His like everyday routine. He'd team up with Kate Bishop every once in a while to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but uh, it's cool. Uh, it's all in, all in that little war room there and. Oh, Hey, maybe Joe might get excited for it. Who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it looks like that's what it is. It's, it's that run by Matt Fraction and David Aha. Are My Life as a Weapon. Yeah. Is that really their names? Like, Aha? Like an epiphany type of Aha? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, he's, the man is Spanish. It's spelled A-J-A. <laughs> There's no other way that I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, that, like if it's based off of that character or that version of the character... Um, I would be very excited to see that 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 run of Hawkeye comics is as good as a comic book run as I've ever read. Nice. So yeah, check it out. Uh, I'm actually pretty stoked. I think I'm gonna pre-order it. But first, uh, we're so with that. Let's go into the games here. Uh, I won the coin flip this month, <laughs> and uh, I get oh, just. I mean, that life is the living weapon. <laughs> nice. So. First game I wanted to talk about was a game that came out actually, if not last year, then the previous year. This was during the sabbatical of me and Joe. Uh, it's a Switch indie game by the name of Ringo Ishikawa. The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, excuse me. And uh, it's like an 8-bit. It, it looks like sort of like an updated version of River City, except with like better character models and whatnot. But it's actually a pretty interesting life story as you play the titular character. And he's basically part of this uh, group of uh, ruffians at school or delinquents is the better way to put it. You know, he doesn't do homework. He gets into fights all the times with uh, his friends with uh, against rival schools and what have you. And you get a you get a taste of that. And there's stuff you can do like you can go the full delinquent route which you can go to gyms to work out, learn new fighting techniques to help you in fighting other bullies. You encounter your friends and how they're, how they're going through their life and you can help them out to some extent. 
and uh, various other things. Or you could focus on school. Like, so this <laughs> this game show actually like hit me with like a powerful lesson, and I wasn't expecting to get one from a game that costs like less than twenty bucks. So so here here's what happens now, Joe. As you probably know, I'm really in games where you have a choice either to be a good guy or a bad guy. I can't be a bad guy. It's pretty pathetic, <laughs> <laughs> me being a bad guy. So one of the reasons I haven't DM'd a D&D game, because that would mean controlling quite a few bad guys, let alone one. So <laughs> unless the group are just terrible. But aside from that, <laughs> uh, so I decided, all right, so this guy's a delinquent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help Ringo focus on his schoolwork. And I'm going to get him into college because you can do that. You can study every night, which helps brings up your grades. And I got it to a po- got him to a point where he was making straight A's. Now, keep in mind, this is his senior year. And uh, I got it to a point where finally the principal was like, you know, you're doing really good work. Like, how would you would you be interested in doing some college papers? And you know, like and if you do the college work, you can get paid for it and writing theses and what have you, because. Which I did not know was a thing. If I knew you could get paid for writing theses, I think I would have done that in high school. But I <laughs> especially when he was getting – granted, it's 3,000 yen, but it comes off as three grands. But uh, so – and uh, to write these papers would take literal in-game – like an in-game month. So it's like, 30, like me dedicating at least five days a week for – five hours after school of writing these papers nonstop at school <laughs> before getting home. And sort of like, like, I sort of had to like say goodbye to my friends in this playthrough. Cause I was focusing on getting me straightened out essentially. And, um, and finally I, I wrote two papers and I hand them in and they're both like top notch. My grades are like <clears throat> a plus student. <laughs> and, and, uh, you hand in the final paper to the principal and he's like, man, it's a damn shame. And the Ringo's like, what? And he's like, it's a damn shame. Like these are some of the best papers I've ever read. Too bad. You're never going to get into a college. And, uh-huh. I, and I'm like, what? And he basically explains like, dude, you were a delinquent for the first couple of years here. No school in their right mind would ever accept you. <laughs> and, I was just sort of stunned looking at this text on the screen. It was a, Cause it's a very, it's almost, Nintendo-ish how the game looks. There's no voice acting or anything like that. I'm looking at this and my character justifiably gets pissed off and leaves the school, probably never to return. <laughs> and I, I just sat there. I was like, is this what it's like for someone in his shoes where, you know, keep in mind the guy's a teenager and granted he made a mistake, but made mistakes, but you know, it's easy to fall into the wrong crowd there, I guess. But he was actively through me actually trying to make a point to not, to not fall under that anymore and better himself. And here's like the principal saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) You're stuck in your lot in life. And I was like, and immediately like, this is why people steal and break the law. Fucking hell that they're sort of pigeonholed in this life. And it actually got me thinking <laughs> about like all these people who are like, just sort of like fucked over and, <laughs> and like, and at that point I became Ringo Ishikawa as I fully said, fuck all these people. And I started beating up <laughs> random hooligans and fights and stuff. And by the way, for a game that looks like an NES game, super dark ending. It, it is like one of the most, like I would recommend not paying, 
I would almost recommend not playing it during COVID because the ending is that depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, like you you get to the ending. You're like, are they seriously ending it like this? It's like, like, yeah, they ended it like this. My God. So, (laughs) so it doesn't matter what he tries to do. He's stuck how he is and his friends do this to him. Okay. Awesome. 1999. Well spent. That's great. (laughs) But it was like, it's not often that a game makes me think about society (laughs) (laughs) and like everything. And it was like such a unique experience that, you know, I highly recommend it actually. Um, It's probably, I don't know if it is on sale at this point, but uh, it's been around for a while. It's probably one of those games that goes on sale every so often. I would say it's worth it at 19, well, it is kind of, it's not short. Like I was about to say it's short, but technically I play, I, you play for three months worth. So that's a lot of stuff you can do, even though there's not really multiple ending. Like it's one of the ending. I will say it's one of those endings that made you feel like, did I get the bad ending? Was <laughs> There's gotta be multiple. End- no, that's the ending. There's no matter what you do, that's the end. <laughs> but uh, just for the making me have that moment where I actually felt for Ringo and I was actually, and I even like sympathize with him, even though he'd been a delinquent all this time. It's like, if, if he, like if people like Ringo were to turn good for lack of a better term and try, and the end result is it doesn't matter. Then what reason would they have to ever change? Like something like that just made me real. Yeah. It, I, it it was great. I, it, was, <laughs> it, it was really really good s- storytelling, and sadly the game doesn't get too much too much talked about. But you know that it was like as soon as I played this game, it was like, damn, I wish me and Joe were doing shows normally. <laughs> I would be talking about this up and down, but and this would have been at least in our uh, what do, what do we call it the, uh, the Cinderella bracket. Cinderella bracket. Thank you. Yes. It would have been in our Cinderella bracket. I would have pushed. This would have been the game I pushed to in the Cinderella bracket, but before going down to whatever Tetris game was the number one seed. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, I, I just wanted to share that. I know that was kind of a rant there, but I, I hope I was able to convey what it was I felt in playing that game. That game there. Well, that sounds fantastic to me. Yeah, yeah. So it's the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Highly recommended. Anyway, uh, Joe. Your turn. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's let's talk about 2017's best game, <laughs> Persona 5, getting a new edition with Persona 5 Royal, uh, a game that I think is fantastic and worth every penny, whether you play Persona 5 or not. Um, all right. Now my turn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so for, for one, it, it expands on the game, like, in a huge, huge way. Um you know, you've got two new care. You've got new characters. Uh, one of them who was a party member. Uh, the other, and <clears throat> her name is Kasumi. Uh, and then the other character is, is is his name is Maruki. He's like a counselor slash psychologist at at the at the high school. Um, and you know, for the most part, a lot of the game um, they're kind of just kind of peppered into the game uh, throughout. Uh, like the game plays pretty pretty regularly. Like, but like uh, on top of on top of the new characters, there's also a new like semester uh, between the, the Christmas and and uh, and Valentine's dates, uh, and that's where those two characters become really central to the story. 
Um, and you know, to, you, to even unlock the the extra semester, you have to like max out their 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 social links. Mm. Um, but but you know, like they they're available most days while you play, uh, so you're able to do that pretty pretty easily. Um, but yeah, like their progression like is like fantastic. Like as characters, like I like I thought they were such a worthwhile addition to to the story. Uh, and on top of that, like there's so much more music to the game as well. Mm. Um, like 30 tracks, like 29 tracks, I think. Um, there's a new battle theme that that takes that kind of uh, replaces the the old one. Um, no, last surprise is like is the famous one, but like if you manage to ambush an enemy, like a whole different song plays, and like it might be a little better, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy to say. Like there's more music for Mementos, which is like this, uh, which is like like you know the game takes place in these palaces or whatever, uh, and uh, like Mementos being like the, the like society's palace, um, like there, like there's more music for mementos. It's not just a one track anymore, which I didn't really like the first time. Mm. But like new music that they wrote for that is fantastic. There's new overworld music for the new semester, which is fantastic. Um, like just overall, the game is like enormous. Like I, like the game already was big enough. Like when I played Persona Five uh, originally, like like I played through it twice, and each playthrough was 120 hours or so. Uh, and this game, uh, you know, maxing out all the social links, uh, earning the platinum trophy uh, in one playthrough, that was 160 hours. <laughs> so it's a big game. It took me literally like all month to to play through it, and I was playing through it, you know, like for several hours most days. <laughs> um, but man, it's fantastic. Like I don't want to dive too much into it because, like that new the new stuff that they added to the story is like worth uh, discovering for yourself. Uh, and also, like we talked about Persona Five, originally <laughs> pretty extensively when we named it uh, our game of the year for 2017. Yes, it was. So is this like the you know this is essentially the Persona Four Golden of Persona Five? Yes. So is it like the? Would you say it's also like the Snyder Cut of Persona Five? Yes, but the difference being that the material we're working with is worthwhile. Oh, <laughs> worth. Worth expanding on, as opposed to the Snyder Cut, where everyone's lost their minds <laughs> in quarantine and are, are just begging for anything new. Uh, my friend Matt and Derek just turned off the show. Oh, goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh man, um, uh, yeah, like Persona Five. Like coming back to it, you know, three years later, um, it's it's still one of my favorite RPGs ever. Uh, one of my favorite games ever, basically. And for them to be able to actually meaningfully improve on it. Uh, was it's just aces, man. It's it's so good. Like it's it's as stylish as ever. The characters are as fun and charming as ever. Uh, it's it's just excellent stuff, man. So I, I will ask you, as you know, I I do own uh, Persona Five, fantastic game. Obviously, I voted for it for Game of the Year. <laughs> um, now, how far do you need to go into the game before you start encountering the new stuff that you were mentioning there? It's going to be like. It's not a case of you have to be, you have to like play through halfway the game or beat the game perfectly. No, 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 no. I, like even the intro sequence when you're kind of going in, when you're in the casino, um, like they redid that so that the new character Kasumi, she's she's a part of uh, the the casino like scene, um, and like you know like they're they're not like central to the story like like I said like through for like for the first half of the game. Like they're just kind of peppered in, but you know, like they're in there. Like they've got, like you can ra- you can socialize with them and raise raise uh, raise your 
relationship with them and like you have like benefits to to your dungeon crawling you know through that like with maroki he's the psychologist in the school or whatever and talking to him like oh it's like mental training so you like every time you go and level up your relationship with him like you get more sp to, to stay in the dungeons for longer it's like oh okay Ooh, okay so so yeah like there's like they're they're part of the story like and they're peppered in like pretty subtly so the new characters, uh, do they each get their own like intro level and their own uh, dungeon or castle as well? Uh, yeah, they, they yeah they do. Um, they're like and and they're 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 much more connected to each other uh, than than they let on uh, when you first think are introduced to them. Uh, and and like I said, like once you once you pay it off in that new semester, like it pays off in a pretty big way. There's a, <laughs> some pretty big reveals for for both characters. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really good, man. Like it's, it's just like both characters are really endearing. Uh, yeah. Like I, I just thought it was tremendous stuff. Nice. I've been keeping an eye, an eye on it, try, trying to see when it gets on a good sale to pick it up as, you know, I'm sort of playing other stuff and trying to save money, you know, but yeah, like I've seen it on sale for like 40 bucks already. Mm. Um, you know, the game came out like at the end of March, like March 31st, I think. Um, so it's been out for a few months now, but like you should be able to get it for like, if you don't want to pay the full 60, I've seen it on sale for 40, uh, which is already a tremendous price for it, <laughs> considering everything that's in it. Um, yeah, good <laughs> stuff. Good, good stuff. Like that game, like that game is as good as ever. Like the music, like the, the art, all of it, like it's all just so good. God damn. Well, like I said, we, the, the basic game was game of the year. I can only imagine how how good it is now that it's better and I'm <laughs> so. well, you took one of the best games I've ever played and made it better. <laughs> it's all oh over. yes, yes, please, thank you. <laughs> all right, I did, unless you had anything else you wanted to add about the game, uh, buy it, <laughs> <laughs> play it, enjoy it, love it. All right, so this next game, this has actually been a game I've been playing since end of February, early March. And it's actually a mobile game, so it's free. So no need to worry about sit, waiting for it to go on sale on this one, folks. It's actually a mobile game you can play right on your phone or tablet. It's a game called Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia. And it's one of those games that I saw just like on my Facebook saying, hey, you'd probably be interested in this. And I never clicked on it for months because I was trying to put because my mobile game at that point was this game called Marvel Strike Force which is not really that great a game. It was so grindy and it actually did feel like work to play. <laughs> so eventually I broke my habit and got out and stopped playing it. And, uh, I was, this is the time around COVID really hit and we weren't in, you know, things were scary and I needed something to get my mind off things. So I thought, okay, let's download it. And I've been, pl and I'm playing it even now to this day. And it's, it's a really fun uh, gotcha game. Yeah, but it's a lot better than most free-to-play games. Like, this isn't a game that tries to nickel and dime you into buying diamonds or gems to play the gotchas. It's actually one of the most generous games I've ever played, as far as that goes. Like, if you started up now you and just focused on playing just the normal game, you could probably have somewhere around 500,000 gems just from playing the game and not spending a single dime, which to do like a multi-draw on a banner, it's like 5,000. So I'll let you uh, do the math there. 
And uh, but essentially, it's it's a uh, based on the Dissidia franchise, of course. Except it's not it's not like uh, the fighting game that they had in the previous game. It's turn based once again. And uh, basically, uh, the gotchas are the Final Fantasy characters. And the characters range from like, the ones you're familiar with to the ones uh, from villains and side characters from other ones. Like, uh, for instance, Angeal from Crisis Core is eventually going to be a character you can unlock in this game. You got every single protagonist and main antagonist from Final Fantasies 1 through 15, Type 0, Tactics. Well, they haven't gotten deleted yet, but they have most of the characters there. And uh, essentially, like, every, every couple of weeks, you get a new banner with uh, different weapons, which give them different abilities. Up until literally today, by the way, <laughs> up until literally today, the main attraction was a game called an EX weapon, which gave them... Essentially, a really kick-ass limit break that helped you beat the beat certain challenges in there, and uh, now we just entered what's called the burst era, which gives you two new abilities called LD and burst. Which burst is essentially just essentially the Omega kill, which only goes to protagonists and antagonists as of right now. But I started playing it, and then I started researching the game, and I got involved with the community. It's actually a really fun community. They've got like uh, YouTubers like uh, Jet Stingray and Josephir and Broadway Saiyan, which has one of the best YouTuber names I've ever heard. But, uh, and I, essentially, it's just like since Japan is as far ahead as it is, you basically have nine months of planning you can do. For, <laughs> like, uh, my goal over the course of this summer has been like one of my favorite characters uh, from Final Fantasy VIII was uh, the disciplinary squad, which, if people remember, was Cypher, Raijin, and Fujin. And uh, their EXs came, came over the summer, and I'm happy to say I got all of them just like a, as a fun little goal for myself. And uh, each, one, each character, it's like, it's one of the rare games where if they're a favorite character of yours, go for them, because it's very... Because I have yet to see a character who's completely useless in this game. Like, everyone can contribute... You can mix them and match them with different uh, characters who have different abilities. Like, uh, it sort of feels like serendipity when I started. Because when I started, my favorite character in Final Fantasy, as people may know, is Zack Fair. And his banner was going on. So, <laughs> uh, like, his EX just dropped. I'm like, yep, getting that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really, really fun game. The community is really fun, too. Like, I'm part of a Facebook group where... All of them come to converge and talk about stuff, and they're just super cool. And uh, I, I really enjoy it, and uh, they're doing new stuff all the time. And like I said, for, as far as a free-to-play goes, like I know that my really terrible experience with uh, Plants vs. Zombie 2 keeps haunting me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... I played the first game and I was so in love with that game. I couldn't wait to try the second one. And then I downloaded it and it kept telling me to spend money. I'm like, fuck off. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but this one is super generous. Like you could seriously just play it and not spend one dime and still have plenty of stuff. They're constantly giving you content to get new gems and new characters. They give you free pools and stuff. So it, it's and if you're really into it and you're like looking ahead, trying to plan around, it like gives me goals for uh, 
the upcoming year, like October, I'm going to be looking to get Noctis's burst and I've saved up quite a bit of funds to get that. And I'm looking super forward to it. Then after that, it's going to be lightning. And then in December, that's when Reno and rude from seven drop in and I can't wait to get their shit. So it's like, so I'm really into it. It's, it's given me a nice distraction through, through, uh, especially everything that's been going on. Like instead of like, wallowing in nothing i've just been playing this game and it's a happy grind i've enjoyed it quite a bit if you guys are looking for a game aimed to play i highly recommend it nice <laughs> i've got nothing to contribute all right <laughs> but it sounds like it's a good one of those types of games and not the fun not the final final fantasy game we'll be talking about on this episode but anyway joe <laughs> what's your uh, next game uh, next game is pretty much one of the games that kind of is the, the, the crown jewel of, of quarantine, uh, these past few months. Uh, and I don't want to talk about it too much, uh, because so many people have said so much about it already. Uh, but Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, came out for, uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, in March. And, uh, because it's like, hey, you know how you're not allowed to go outside unless you <laughs> unless you really want to catch a plague? Uh, why don't you pretend to go outside with your animal buddies <laughs> and go fishing and catch bugs and whatnot? <laughs> yes, please, God, <laughs> anything. And, uh, yeah, like, if you played Animal Crossing, like, New Leaf or any of the other ones, um, you know, like, this is, it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty familiar uh, it's it's a lot more connected than than it was before uh, on the 3ds with um, you know like there's more online connectivity but you know like it's Nintendo's online connectivity so it's uh, it's very clunky uh, but you know like it's it's fairly easy to connect to each other uh, visit each other's islands and, and you know like trade stuff with each other and it, it's just pleasant it's just pleasant as hell <laughs> um, you know like they had like like it's a game that you, like that could very easily become very boring, but like they, they like for one, like every month, like every time the calendar rolls over to new months, like there's new stuff to do. Uh, and then they're adding seasonal events online uh, pretty much every, every month as well. Uh, and, and they can be hit or miss. Like I remember the first big thing was uh, they had like an Easter event <laughs> um, where it's like, Oh, it's, it's bunny day. It's a bunny day event. So like everything that you catch and find is like eggs. It's like, but I don't want eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to catch the shit that I'm supposed to catch. God damn it. Uh, like I'm fishing and I'm fucking getting eggs out of the river instead of actual fish. It's super stupid. But, you know, for the, <laughs> for the most part, uh, these, these things are pretty welcome uh, and a fun fun way to freshen up the game. Uh, I haven't played it myself in, in about a month now, but but I it, it, like to seeing what people can do with their with their islands has been a lot of fun. All right. I'm going to stuff. I'm going to struggle to ask you a few questions just because I'm not the hugest Animal Crossing guy. <laughs> uh, were there any new, anything new in this game versus the other games you played, aside from you can play it on the TV and on the go? <laughs> uh, man, new stuff. Uh, not a ton of new stuff, really. Um, it's like uh, like the, the appeal is is really just customizing the islands. Uh, and kind of just showing off and bringing bringing your friends over and like, hey, check it out, wasn't this neat? <laughs> um, yeah, like really the the connect the downline connectivity is probably the the biggest thing to come to it. Um, I just wish it was better <laughs> about it because like because 
Like it's it's cute the way you connect to each other's islands or whatever. Like you have to go to the airport and then you gotta say you gotta punch in like a code, like a like a five digit code. It's like oh, like where are you going? Like this is your French code. It's like okay, cool. But like every every time someone enters your island, uh, every everyone on the island has to stop what they're fucking doing and look at this cutscene of someone flying into the island for like twenty seconds. It's like, oh, look, Joe's coming, Joe's coming, hey. It's like, okay, great. Oh, another person's coming in, another person. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, like, and you can spend like 10 minutes just waiting for people to populate the island before you can actually do anything. Because uh, <laughs> it does it one at a time for each person. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like the Royal Rumble. Oh, like, <laughs> basically... Uh, only no one's allowed to enter the ring if people are talking or looking at a menu. It's like, oh, look. It's like, someone's trying to enter the island. Exit your menus, please. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, like, like, that's the biggest annoyance to the game. It's like, for all, for all it does to, to encourage people to connect to each other, uh, it still does it like in the very classic Nintendo way of, like, oh, let's make it as cute, but as inefficient as possible <laughs> it's like okay great nice <laughs> but but it is but it is fun it, it is fun to be had. yeah are all the your favorite characters still doing their thing here that are to enjoyable level uh yes yes uh like you know like <laughs> there are new animals that they added um there's probably a couple hundred different characters that could that could end up uh, living on your island uh there's there's a weird black market of people connecting to each other and like selling off like their their favorite characters for like in-game money or whatever. It's like the, like this weird like black market. It's like oh, it's animal trafficking. Interesting. <laughs> okay. It's like I really want this character in my island. It's like all right, man. All right. <laughs> Yeah. I apologize for how robotic that question sounded. I was like actually struggling to remember the name. I remember Isabel from Smash, and uh, I isn't. Oh yeah, Isabel of course is. She, oh yeah, she's the best character. <laughs> and is she, like she like she's a fairly new character. Like she she really? showed up in uh, in New Leaf on the 3ds because uh, you were the mayor in that game, and she was your assistant in this game. Uh, Tom Nook runs is kind of like in charge of of the island. Uh, again, but like you're the what do you call the the resident like representative or whatever. So basically, you're the one really in charge of the island. But, is Nook the like, asshole? Isabel. No, everyone <laughs> wants to talk about how Tom Nook like swindles people by giving them loans that they don't want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, those are zero interest loans. There's no <laughs> like you can pay at at your leisure whenever you want. You don't have to pay them a damn thing if you don't want. <laughs> but if you want to increase the size of your of your home, which of course you do, uh, you just gotta keep giving them more money. And every time you pay off, <laughs> every time you pay off your loan, he's like, "Hey, wouldn't it be great if you had an extra room in that house? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have an extra room in the house tomorrow, and you're gonna give me hundred thousand bills for it." It's like, okay, <laughs> thanks, Tom. <laughs> It's a look, never hey, ending like, cycle there. Zero interest loan. <laughs> it's it's a zero interest loan. You can pay it off at your pay, at whatever pace you want, and the money is earned through b catching fish and bugs that are already on the island. He could easily grab them himself, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, we'll make up some fake money that you can earn by just hanging out on the island. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna what lie. What a guy. I'm not gonna lie. A I'm, a zero interest loan sounds pretty incredible. <laughs> I would take. I think I would. <laughs> 
I would take that over the master sword. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, when you want. <laughs> All right, Mister Nook. Give me enough to take care of me and my wife's student loans. All right, we'll we'll get back to you. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> and the money you earn is earned through hanging out in your leisure time. Ah, uh, okay. That's pretty good to me. You know what? You've Tom turned Nook for president. You've turned me around on <laughs> Nook. Yeah, I'll give Nook his due. He's a good guy. <laughs> good guy. Uh, uh, anything you wanted to add on uh, Animal Crossing, there, bud? Um, not really, but it, it, it's a, it's a charming game. It's 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 really fun. It's I, I got to go back into it because my island's not quite finished, uh, and it's been long enough that I'm worried that all the weeds have grown back and maybe some people have moved off the island. Yeah, and you just, you need to give Nook his payments there. <laughs> Oh no! He, I, 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 my house is as big as it's gonna get. Oh, <laughs> so okay. He, he, I'm, I'm, I'm free of Tom Nook. So, so what does he do? Retire at that point? I was like, yeah, I didn't expect you to grow, make it this big, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he encourages you to like, uh, to, to like decorate the island. So it's like, yeah, like if you wanna, or if you wanna travel to other islands to collect more stuff, you know, you talk to me. I, I got you. Nice. All right, so my turn next, I guess. So speaking of legendary items such as a loan with no interest attached to it, (laughs) I'm going to talk about a game that's kind of in its own way a legendary item because you are lucky to find it at its normal retail (laughs) price. (laughs) So the game I'm talking about is Ring Fit. And, you know, as I've told Joe, I, I've been experiencing changes in my body and uh, health issues. So I got came to the epiphany of, like, I should probably exercise, like, at all. So <laughs> so I started, uh, I heard about Ring Fit. Now, I thought this game came out recently. Little did I know it came out, like, last year or, some, or close to it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's still fairly recent, like October or <laughs> September or something. Yeah, so... And I started, uh, I started uh, do, doing some uh, research on the game, and I, it, it, if you're serious and you keep up with it, it actually works. Like, there's a YouTuber that I follow that over the course of six months lost like 150 pounds, and or excuse me, lost like 100. That's how many days he was doing it for. Uh, so he lost like uh, over 40 pounds, which is incredible. Which is like, I would love mm-hmm. to be able to say I lost 40 pounds. So, so, and, uh, so I decided, all right, I'm going to go buy this game. Why is it $160? Well, (laughs) little did I know that, you know, it's COVID people can't go out. So people are looking for ways to exercise in, you know, in the home. And this is kind of perfect. So what happens is Amazon will sell it for 10 seconds and it will sell out. And (laughs) so a uh, firm salute and thumbs up to Twitter handle Wario64, who, <laughs> who's an amazing guy who uh, I suggest you follow because he does uh, let you know about deals going on. And one of the things he's nice enough to do is he will send a tweet out as soon as Amazon puts it up. Now, I was able to land a copy within a week, mainly because uh, I was just scouring. I would check Amazon like every 30 minutes just to make sure. And there were, there were quite a few times where I saw it. I thought I had it. I clicked on buy now and then I would get an error page. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but one time I, I did do it 
So yes, I was able to grab it for seventy nine ninety nine, not one hundred and sixty. Which, if you're like me, you should be proud of that accomplishment, folks. But anyway, so I got it, and uh, let me tell you something: it works. And Joe, you have this game too, correct? I do. And I got to tell you, like for those of you who are looking at it, because I. Uh, it looks kind of goofy. You get this big ring that you're supposed to squeeze <laughs> and pull and the fear that you're going to break it is there. But I, I've seen people like apply like 40 pounds of force on it and it still actually held up fine. So yeah, oh. always springs right back into shape, whether you pull or, or push. Yeah. And I think the uh, biggest testament to how much it can endure, I forget what it's called, but it's when you're holding it over your head and pulling. Yeah. I think it's just called overhead pull now that I think about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff is pretty straightforward. So I saw WWE superstar Cesaro do it. And, yeah, so like uh, on uh, Xavier Woods' uh, deal, uh, Up, Up, Down, Down, he actually did a few videos with Ring Fit doing like just basic e- exercises there. there and uh, Cesaro did that. And it was actually like Cesaro, for those who don't know, is – Probably the strongest man in professional wrestling, pound for pound. <laughs> yeah, like if anyone can fucking rip that ring cotton clean in half, it would be fucking Cesaro. <laughs> and he he held it up there. I think it was 150 seconds. He, he yeah, because essentially it's like you pull out and you have to keep pulling out and uh, continuously without letting go or going past. 150 seconds. Yeah, he he went there pretty God. long. <laughs> Two and a half minutes. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was an, for a while it was the record. I forget who, uh, beat him. I think maybe Xavier possibly did it, but, uh, Cesaro, like he kept it and it went right back in the shape. I also saw WWE superstar Otis do it, who is just like a bodybuilder to the max, no neck on that poor man. But, uh, and he looks, he looks like Grimace. <laughs> yeah, he does, but he, they both used the ring and it did not break. So, folks, don't you worry. You you and me and our little shrimpy little arms are going to do nothing to this thing. So uh, you pop it in and uh, you're holding out the ring. You use it for various exercises and the exercises are legit. And I don't know about you, Joe, but I have it on silent mode, which means I have to essentially do squats in order to run, make my character run. Oh, shit. And let me tell you, folks, for those of you who think, oh, that's not that bad. No, dude. Continuously squatting like that just to run. <laughs> that's going to beat the shit out of you. And I remember the first time I played the game, like, I was destroyed. Like, the next morning, my legs were like, what the fuck did we do? What, oh, yeah. What did you do? <laughs> and But I... I kept at it because, like, my goal was, like, because I'm at 250 right now. And uh, I'm tr- I remember not being at 250. And I kind of want, <laughs> want that to go away. Uh, and I was doing it continuously up until, unfortunately, my health issues kicked in. In fact, there was a time where I was, like, even, like, poking at Joe. Like, hey, Joe, it's been six days, man. What you, <laughs> <laughs> what you benching? Come on. <laughs> And uh, for those of you wondering, like, can you honestly uh, get a workout from this? I, I think Joe. God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, I it's I feel a sh- like my goal is to go like 30 minutes with it. And 
for those who weren't, I think uh, last time I checked my level, I'm at level 23 for difficulty, and I've got it at extreme. So, okay. yeah, well, like I said, I'm trying to get there as quickly <laughs> as I can. So, so, and let me tell you, there there are times where I like just drop. And and I'm like, okay, all right, let's, gonna take my water break. All right, let's get back into it. And let me tell you something: facing Drago, who, who is <laughs> who is the boss of the game, and he shows up intermittently to challenge you to these boss fights, which is essentially just doing exercises back and forth. But for the for the world, it makes sense. Like, which is one of the things I love about the game: everything in this world makes sense on how they do it and whatnot. And, but the fights with Drago, like, I went like the last time I think I had to go for 20 minutes against Drago. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, my body was just like F you. Especially, like, a lot of my stuff was uh, leg exercises. Like, there was, like, this one blue one <laughs> where it was essentially you hold you basically are doing knee lifts repeatedly. And uh, I was just doing that for, like, 35 repetitions. And, <laughs> 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 and, and then it was like, and I'm like, uh, all right, maybe do squats. I'm like, no, fuck. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do freaking arm, like arm, arm, bow and arrow arm pulls for a bit. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, if you keep at it, like I, for a while, I was going. I went almost two weeks straight, just continuously going, doing it every single day. If you keep at it, it it's it's gonna have an effect. Like, uh, how, how far have you gotten in the game, Joe? Uh, I think I'm like in the fifth world. Oh god, dad damn! I gotta catch up. Then you're ahead of me. <laughs> I think I'm on world four when this when everything went down, and so I've been trying to keep. I just got past the uh, what did they call it? this? It's not Spartan Spartans. I think they're called. Yeah, Spartan. Yeah, <laughs> With the river rafting and all that. Yes, yes. I I just got past that world and was just getting into the next world there. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Oh, right on, right on. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, and in as far as a game, it has everything that you're looking for in a basic RPG. You buy workout gear to get better attack and defense. You get smoothies, which heal you in battle, which become and give you other cool effects, which become quite necessary as they play through. Uh, you got boss battles. You got mini games. If you don't want to play the adventure, then... You can just do, there's a section where you can just do basic exercises. They put in a rhythm game, which I'm never going to play. Joe, have you played it? <laughs> I played it a little bit. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's, like I, I watched someone play it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, and on top of that, uh, it's very safe. Like I'm actually pretty impressed, like how often it will tell me like, hey, how are you feeling? You know, we've noticed you played this for several days in a row. We, you should maybe take a break or I'll have that epic fight with Drago. And they'll be like, hey, this is a great time for you to take a break for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, like you want to stop and maybe be okay for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and gives you great advice. And who, who, who can, of course, or not love my new favorite character, Tip, which taking the place of We Trainer. <laughs> And I really like Drago. I actually hope he makes it into Smash Brothers at some point. Yeah, such a, he's such a local dick, dickhead. Yeah, he's essentially just a dude bro who just wants to get strong. <laughs> like, hey, man. Try to get my gains, bro. <laughs> why, why are you following me around, bro? I'm just trying to get my gains in. You a stalker? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, where I am in the story, he hasn't really done anything. He just essentially, <laughs> the most he's done is just be depressing for people. Like, yeah, I can't get that strong. <laughs> and they right? stop working out. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like, a- I like that he's like I like that he's just working out in between turns. <laughs> like, uh, like, oh, like oh, you you've attacked, and like sometimes like you'll either have to defend, or sometimes it'll be like uh, like like for other enemies, like ah, uh, they seem a little tired right now. <laughs> but for Dragon, it's like nah, he's just working out comfortably. It's like oh, okay, great. <laughs> uh, and, and the enemies are all real are all have a unique challenge. Like uh, I don't know if you. you the yoga mats. I hate the fucking yoga mats. Like for <laughs> oh, and you like work twi- whittle at their health, and then all of a sudden they just heal up. Like fuck you. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god. But yeah, it's it's a great not. It's a very good gr- good game. Uh, I really enjoy the worlds. I enjoy how it incorporates everything. And as we've said, it's a workout. It's effective. Like I've actually watched videos of uh, actual personal trainers watching people play the game and like, okay, this is actually really good what they're having <laughs> you do here. I'm impressed. Yeah, and and, um, and like, you, you know, you've got this big adventure mode or whatever. And like you'll, as you progress, like you'll unlock new exercise or whatever. But like, if you want to just say, fuck all the adventure stuff and just do the workouts like separately, like you can, like all the workouts are like already unlocked from the get go. Uh, if you want to just work out without any of the pretense of the story mode. Uh, so like whatever speed you want to work at, or it's like, I want to make an arm day or whatever, <laughs> or a leg day, uh, you can just go into the custom menu and just and do exactly that. Yeah, I like the last level I played is the uh, there. It, the world that we're in is introducing us to the uh, four legendary trainers or whatever they're called. <laughs> and uh, I met up with Allegra, which from the way I, from the way I pronounce the name, you should be able to tell what her focus is. And that <laughs> that level combined with the fact that I'm squatting everywhere to get somewhere fucking ruined my legs. I'm like, okay, I'm good for the day. <laughs> I really don't want to have to f- really can wait to have that battle with you at some point. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> this is Allegra. Over here is uh, Abigail. <laughs> so it's Allegra Armando. Armando. <laughs> and uh, Abdonis. And Guru Ma, or Grandma's. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, as far as, like, what it sets out to do, I can't really fault it at all. Like, the only thing I could really nitpick about it is it's annoying the ring is the only thing that has a voice. And, like, Drago with a voice would have been fucking amazing, I feel. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you can turn it – you can make the voice male, female, or my favorite option, off. (laughs) (laughs) I got to look into it. (laughs) They're both terrible. (laughs) And like uh, Sandra, she was she was trying out the game too, and me like unfortunately it's one of those deals where if I stop doing it, she stops doing it, and mm. mainly just because like my body got really wrecked uh, due to the illness, so I had to stop. Not unlike me having a seizure, but uh, she stopped, and she was like she was trying to she was setting her her character up to be female, and I don't know if you heard the female voice option for the ring, but it is not. Yeah. 
but that is stupid. It's just like they just gave it helium. That's that's not a. Is that what? They, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like is that what they think of female voices? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good workout routine, highly recommend this game. I would recommend just being patient and uh, following Wario sixty four on Twitter, or being vigilant like me and just getting it for seventy nine ninety nine. It can be done, folks. It just need, needs to be focused. Yeah, more and more people are are getting it, so like it should be easier now than it was when this whole thing started. Yeah, his notifications still pop up, and I've noticing it shows up more and more that it's in yeah. stock. So, but uh, yeah, hopefully, I don't know if there's going to be. Well, I'm sure there'll be a, not a Switch Two, but another Nintendo iteration. But I hope this company uh, realizes they struck gold here because they they're probably cleaning up right now with COVID. Yay! (laughs) Silver linings, yay! (laughs) Anyway, Joe, you're up. What's the next game for you? All right, next game is uh, the the newest old game I've played this year. (laughs) That's Streets of Rage Four. Man, what a doozy! It's a it's a good one, folks. I I like it a lot. It's um, like I don't know if you've played the Streets of Rage games, uh, the old Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive, Malcolm. I, uh, I had a few Sega classics where they're all there. <laughs> yeah, um, th- like this game, like those games are my favorite beat 'em ups by like by Country Mile. Like as much as I like, you know, games like Final Fight, uh, like Streets of Rage, a level above. Like Streets of Rage Two is probably my favorite Genesis game <laughs> on the entire system. Oh wow! And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like, and this game does such a good job of capturing what made those games special. Um, like the the visuals are, are are obviously much more advanced than the 16-bit uh, games, but uh, like people were kind of off put uh, by it at first because like they saw like the comic book style, they were like, oh, what are you making? You're turning Streets of Rage into a Flash game? I was like, no, you dumb dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> like and. Uh, you know, it, incorpor- it incorporates a lot of the old enemies from the from from the previous games, but you know, gives them that nice, like really like really good comic book uh, look. And you know, like the new characters are, are really great. Um, the game runs like flawlessly, sixty frames, um, and the combat is as fun as it ever was. Like it's 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 just fun beating the crap out of these enemies. Like it, like that's such an important part of the game. Obviously, is like making sure that. You actually feel the impact of your punches and all that, and, and it does such a good job of that. Um, and there's enough modern touches too, uh, so that it's not just you know like oh like it's just rehashing the old game. It's like um, um like probably my favorite thing is like like because back in the day like you if you were like on the edge of the screen or whatever and you punch somebody off screen, it's like well I guess I'll wait two seconds from the come <laughs> back into the screen for to keep beating them up. Like here like they just kind of they're like no like we have invisible walls on the edges of the screen. So, like, they'll just bounce off the invisible wall and stay on screen so that you can actually keep fighting them. Uh, like, stuff like that is, is what makes it really good. <laughs> like, uh, like you know, like, it it's there's just enough to it where, like, the, the, there's, you know, there's combos, the, you get, there's there's canceling. It's, it's, it's like, like, this is almost like a proper fighting game, almost. Uh, where it, like, it like it's, it's the best playing Streets of Rage 4, or Streets of Rage game. Uh, out of the series, um, for sure. And the music is also another important part of a Streets of Rage game. Like, uh, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3, like, one of the things that really set that game, those games apart was that the soundtrack were, uh, the soundtracks were incredible. Like, like 
the the Genesis is like infamous for like kind of like crap like like there are good soundtracks in, in the Genesis, but like if but the worst soundtracks are are like especially bad. <laughs> like the the sound chip in the Genesis was always like eh. like if you try to imitate a guitar, it's just gonna sound like tinny garbage. Um, but like Streets of Rage Four or Streets of Rage, like that series always sounded like like this is legit like club music <laughs> coming out of my Genesis. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> And you know the the composer of those games, Yuzo Koshiro. He's he's like he composed all the music on those games, and he's back for Streets of Rage Four. He doesn't do like the whole soundtrack, uh, but overall, like the music is still like really good and really in line with what those Streets of Rage games were before. Um, like just really good. It was like it's like yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just buy the soundtrack <laughs> for ten dollars because it's it's wonderful. Um, like really the only thing about this game that I didn't really care for is that the level design is pretty inconsistent um, in terms of like some of these levels, you know, you know, take like 10, 12 minutes to clear. Uh, but some of the levels take like three or four. It's like, huh? <laughs> um, and like some of the bosses are kind of like weirdly inconsistent as well, where it's like some of them are super easy. Uh, well, and the others are like super cheap. Um, which, you know, for, like, if this was an arcade game, that would make some sort of sense. It's like, yeah, you just got to keep pumping quarters. And, but, like, Streets of Rage has always been, like, a home series. So it's like, like you don't need to make it this cheap because you, you've already got my money. There's no more money for me to give you. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, like, overall, I think the game is, is terrific. Like, I played it on Xbox One uh, through Game Pass. Uh, it released day and date on Game Pass. Uh, so I didn't have to pay anything extra for it. Um <laughs> But otherwise, it's it's twenty four ninety nine on PS4, Xbox, PC, Switch. Uh, get it wherever you like. It's 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 terrific. So I know the. So I'm trying to remember the main characters. the The main guy is Axel, I believe his name is. Correct. And there, then there's Rose, is the female character, right? Blaze. Blaze. Thank you. Okay. Uh, is Skate still in there? Uh, Skate is. Well, all right, so he's not in there as part of, like, the main story or whatever, but uh, you could unlock all of the pre- previous characters from the previous Like, I, like, over the course of the game, like, I unlocked Axel from Streets of Rage 1 <laughs> and oh. Blaze from Streets of Rage 1, and it's just this Genesis sprite. <laughs> You're controlling this Genesis sprite in this, like, super polished, like, comic book world, and it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh, so like all the previous characters are unlockable from the from the Genesis games. So uh, Skate is in there, but not not like like he did, they didn't make a Streets of Rage four version of him for you to, to play. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious about the setting. Like for instance, with Double Dragon, something a lot of people miss is technically that game takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which, like, a lot of people are like, oh, this is just, like, every day. No, no, there, there's a reason why they can just get away with this. <laughs> but just out of curiosity, what's the story of Streets of Rage now? Yeah, well, uh, all right, so Streets of Rage, the original games, you had Mr. X running amok uh, with this crime syndicate, uh, and you get and you take them down. And now, all these years later, uh, Streets of Rage 4, uh, you've got Mr. and Mrs. Y. <laughs> uh and that's pretty much the long and short of it. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay. laughs> that's that's pretty much all the story you need to, to justify walking from left to right, punching people in the face. 
But I, I really need to know the story on how why, how and why Axel has the kick-ass beard now in this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, really, the only thing like is that it's like, it's like yes, it's many years since Streets of Rage three. Like it really has. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is literal. That is an actual truth. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Jesus, it's been like twenty-five years since, or like almost thirty years since the last Streets of Rage game. Uh, so, man. I'm, like, it was just so wild for them to even announce this game. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, Sega didn't even make it. Like, they licensed it out to, to this indie developer. they like, who I guess just approached him. was like, hey, man, if you guys are going to make a Streets of Rage game, can we? <laughs> and I guess they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and they did. Wow. First Shaq Fu, now Streets of Rage. Goddamn. <laughs> yes, but again, this is... Good. Good. Don't get Shaq Fu, folks. (laughs) You know the new Shaq Fu game that they put out a couple years ago that they have fucking Icy Hot product placement in it? Really? Yes. (laughs) Those are your health packs. I I was not aware that was a thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you... Why would you partner those two things together? Oh, you never saw those Icy Hot commercials for no. Shaq? No. Oh, wait. Yes, I ha- I know. <laughs> of course okay. yeah. Uh, I'm surprised. Guess what? Gold Bond's in- Guess what? Gold Bond is in the game, too. <laughs> is Papa John's? No, I think, oh. that was- I think that's pretty recent. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make him call, hey, man, I need you to make some DLC. I'm <laughs> <laughs> back to Shakaroni Pizza. <laughs> I need you to make Pizza Hut an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that guy from Papa Jim. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. He ate 30 pizzas in 30 days, folks. Oh, I, I was about to... I, I was about to mention that. <laughs> Man, what did that guy's life become? <laughs> I ate 30, 40 pizzas a month. It's like... How? Like, that, How that, did you get here? How did you get here? All you had to do is not be a racist selling pizza. <laughs> Just sell the pizza and shut the fuck up. <laughs> you wouldn't be here. I, I mean, I, I get you're in the pizza business. I suppose you need to eat pizza and know what the fuck you're selling. But 30 to 40 pizzas a week. <laughs> Jesus oh, sake. Oh, man. It, it, you see how sweaty he was in that interview? Yes! He, and he, it's like, yeah, that man has definitely eaten that much pizza. It's like, even his voice sounds like a guy who's been eating that much pizza. It's like, <laughs> me and Sandra take like a few days to get through a pizza, let alone, oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, how did we get here? Did... <laughs> Alright, so you recommend Streets of Rage 4? <laughs> yeah, Streets of Rage 4. It's a fine game. How much does it go for? Like twenty four ninety nine now, or are you yeah twenty four ninety nine? You probably you got it for free, um, you said, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's included in Game Pass if 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 you've got that hookup. Um, well, I really do like Game Pass. I gotta say, <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about Game Pass in a sec as we discuss my next game, a game that has been out for a while, but I rediscovered thanks to my lovely wife, and that is Destiny Two. Oh. Yeah, so so here's the thing. So I was just going through my day-to-day life, 
And Sandra was looking for a game to play. And a friend of hers, uh, a friend of ours, uh, mentioned to her, hey, you know, Destiny 2 is just free now. Which, which, <laughs> which by the way, is true. It, it, you can get... Yes. <laughs> you can get the base game, the first two DLCs, and it's just free. It's just included. I will also mention uh, that uh, the the uh, following DLCs, at least uh, when I last checked, were on sale. Forsaken was like fourteen ninety nine, and uh, Shadow Keep is twenty ninety nine. So good good deals on those. That's like fifteen bucks off each one. But anyway, so she started playing it and played it. And played it. And uh, she was playing it, like, for a, a good chunk of the day every day. And it, it was hard not to ignore. So I was like... Right. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Like, uh, I remember Destiny from when me and Joe were playing Destiny, playing Justin, which was Destiny 1. And uh, I remember the frustration of that game, want, wanting this really, really epic story, not getting it, and just trying to get to the uh, armor armor that I really want, and it being like literally an eight-hour grind of just repeatedly killing these enemies for eight hours a day to get two tokens out of 250 that I needed the first piece for. And, I was, and me just like, this is going to be my life going forward if I keep going down this path. And I gave up. <laughs> and I didn't play Destiny since. And for a while, it was like a heartbreaker for me, to, me and Joe. Like I, we didn't get the, we didn't. Get, neither of us got the sequel. I remember us being really annoyed when they made that pop up for the ad show up on the bar on the PS4. Not the one. <laughs> oh, I mean, I didn't get the game as when I bought. I got that PS4 Pro bundle with Destiny Two, and oh. never played. <laughs> and they just never played Destiny Two. <laughs> Well, Joe, now is a great time to use that code. Well, you don't need to use the code, actually. But, <laughs> but uh, so little did I know, mainly because we stopped doing podcasts, but little did I know <laughs> that Bungie and Activision back in January of 2019 split up and somehow Bungie was able to keep Destiny. Yeah. Des despite it being a 10 fucking year deal. And, <laughs> and little did I know that the game completely changed to something that was presentable. <laughs> so when, when you were playing, like it's incredible seeing how much of an influence Activision must have had on this game versus where there are now. now. Like, so I jumped back into it and first of all, for what you get for free is pretty incredible. You get like essentially three campaigns that you can play through all these strikes. Now it can be a little overwhelming at first because it doesn't like start you with one of the campaigns. It's literally, you press start, you make the character and you play that intro level from the beta forever ago from destiny one. And then right at the map screen, where do you want to go? And it's this big map with like nine planets on it. And you have no idea where to go. <laughs> so I, in one of the rare instances of me not being in the know with the video game, I actually had to yell for Sandra, where the fuck do I go? <laughs> so, and I did my research, but it's not, but once you get past that, like everything that I wanted from the first game is now there. There's this really, really cool story. Yeah. There's still going to be, be some points where you need to do a little research to understand the inner inner goings of what's going on but at the same time when you're just put into an actual world like that you're not going to know everything right off the bat and all the enemy types 
have, feel more alive, have a culture behind them. They're now like figureheads leading them that you deal with and fight, of course. Uh, all these planets have their own unique uh, habitats and uh, areas that you have to fight through. There's like all, the weaponry is probably some of the best weaponry I've ever seen in the game because like there, some of the, especially the exotics, completely change how you play the game. Like there was like this newer one where essentially you shoot this beam of pure darkness at the enemy and when you, once you kill them, it turns them into a ball of darkness, which you can then run over, grab, and then throw it at other enemies and it'll explode, covering them in darkness and killing them too. It's, a, <laughs> it's like cool little things like that. And it's still Destiny. Like the heartbreaking thing about me not liking Destiny was because the gun mechanics and the first person gameplay was tight it was like perfect it, it's the guys who made fucking halo for christ's sakes of course it's perfect. <laughs> so i was really really on board it's just like everything else was just terrible but now it's no longer the case now it's now there there's an ongoing story in fact there's seasons now joe that actually build to the dlc that comes out like uh for instance in this year like we had shadow keep was the latest one but uh, some of the events from the previous, uh, actually the main campaign, it ended with like these pyramids seeing the light of the traveler explode and come towards the planet. As you play through the seasons, at some point, you could actually see one of the ships in the horizon. And you couldn't do anything about it. You just knew it was coming. It was sort of like uh, Majora's Mask with the freaking sun or the moon or whatever. And uh, it, it was coming. You just had no idea how. And then in this season, the one I just joined, and they actually arrived and they appeared on one of the planets. And it's this essentially this deal where, where these uh, ships are like the traveler represents the light. These ships or these pyramids, as they're called, are the darkness. And they appear and they don't attack you. You're like, no, they want to be friends with you. In fact, here. We, we want to help you. And you talk through one of the NPCs. The NPCs, by the way, are now all fleshed out and have, like, actual characters. And you actually feel <laughs> for them, by the way. And you don't have to go to a separate website on your internet browser. <laughs> <laughs> to learn about it. Those stupid grimoire cards or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> but they, she basically communicates to you what they're trying to say. And they're not trying to be hostile. They're trying to help you. In fact, that weapon I was telling you about was actually is actually given to you by by these ships and this is all leading into the DLC where where you actually go into one of the ships and you're given the powers of darkness which open up a whole new power set for all of your characters going forward and this is essentially how it's been since I dropped since January of 2019 where Bungie was finally able to like tell Activision to get the hell out of here and uh, do their own thing and make the game in their vision. And it's better. It's so much better. <laughs> and it's enjoyable. And I am enjoying playing through it and powering up. That's the cool thing. Uh, now, when you start, if you were to download the free copy right now, still use the code, though, because why not? And uh, <laughs> you, you start right at 750 light, which to give you, you may have forgotten, but... Back in Destiny 1, the cap was 400, and now at 750 with this, you could easily go through the main campaign and the two other DLCs that came after it, 
but ultimately you want to get up to a thousand, which sounds daunting, but it's actually really easy to do. I started back on Sunday and I'm already at 925. And that's only from like really two days of solid playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask like, all right, like the game has been out for a pretty good while now. Um, so if you wanted to take advantage of, of this, like how, like how well does it like onboard people that are just getting into it? Uh, as a free-to-play game, but it sounds like they do a pretty good job of, of leading you through it. Yeah, and uh, and there's still microtransactions, but they're not disgusting like they were at the launch of this game. It's it's honestly just <laughs> cosmetics, literally. Like for a split second, I thought it's like, oh, they're selling weapons. Like no, it's just like shaders for weapons in the game. It doesn't give you the weapon, and 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 uh, yeah, there's a season pass which unlocks bigger benefits but even then the the price isn't disgusting like i was expecting it to be like 20 30 bucks but it was 10 bucks to get a season pass and yeah. I, I only bought it because uh i think shadow keep actually comes with the season pass so i got it for free with that so that's included with the 20.99 and it was just 10 bucks more because uh because so, it gave the pass to me not sandra so we just all right fine whatever we're both playing it now so here's 10 bucks why not and uh, you get and unlike other other companies, like I've heard like bad things about PUBG as far as how their season pass works, but essentially everything you get from the season pass helps you in the game. So you feel rewarded, wild concept, for playing through the game and leveling <laughs> up. So it's it's actually a really, really fun grind. I like if it was like this when RK was playing it, I finally understand what it was trying to tell me all this time. And, <laughs> And uh, Sandra is part of a clan. Like she's she's got like friends that she's met through this game, and some and who are even helping me out. Who are I, I want to say I am proud to say really impressed with my ability to level up as fast as I have. And, <laughs> and uh, it's very it's so much easier to use. Like the strikes, like there's actually like a strike playlist where you can just start and it'll just cycle through all the strikes in the game and let you play one after the other. So you don't have to go to this part of the map, start, they go to this part of the map, start. It's just, it just goes through. It knows why you're there, what you're there for. It just cycles you through <laughs> random strikes until you get what you need. And there's other ways to level up too. Like you got the crucible, which is essentially player versus player, but it's also got more unique takes on it. Like there's got the gambit system which is essentially for the most part P versus E. However, the other it's essentially you guys racing to a goal to build up this battery, summon a boss, kill it before the other team does. However, the other team can go through can send members of its team through a portal that goes onto your area. And <laughs> if they kill you while the boss is out, it regains the boss's health. So, and which could lead to some interesting stalemates there. And you've got the Trials of Osiris, which I haven't unlocked, but that's more PvE-based. So it's like, it's like depending on where you are in the spectrum of like P versus P, player versus environment or player versus player, and there's things in the middle you can do as well. And there's so much better ways of going about things that's non-grindy, like it was in Destiny 1, where I was just walking around the Cosmodrome shooting enemies in hopes it would drop this one thing. <laughs> And now there's so many weapons out. The characters are actually engaging. 
one of which actually makes you feel something significant when something happens to him. And I'm actually, it actually kind of feels like D and D where you could buy the player book and you realize there's this whole lore and religions in the game and of different characters and their history. And you're in that with this game. So it's one of the best about faces ever. Like I, I, I was, <laughs> I was really prepared to never play destiny ever again. And then Sandra gave it a chance and I gave it another chance and I'm happy I did. So I'm happy to say folks that I've turned around on destiny. Joe, uh, I think there's a sale out where it's free. So you could try it. If <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if it helps, you can turn that ad back on and click on it. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, if you were burned by Destiny One, I would recommend giving Destiny Two a try. Uh, I know that the DLC is going to come out on the November tenth, and I'm probably going to pre-order that because both me and the spouse are heavily into the game and love how there's an ongoing story, and I, I can't wait to earn more stuff. It's like it's it, it's one of the best surprises so far for the summer for me. So. I can't say enough good things about it. But anyway, so that that took a lot, a lot longer than I thought. I'm sorry. But that... <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it sounds like the game uh, really did turn a corner. Yeah, so it it doesn't suck anymore. So I'm I'm really astounded <laughs> by that. And you know what? Good on Bungie. It's like it's weird that, and I didn't want to say this at first just because it sounds like I'm throwing shade, but after seeing you know Halo Infinite in action. It, and yeah, I, you've probably seen like the, seen the memes and the stuff by now, but just seeing like that trailer and then the Destiny Two trailer they had let bet later, I was like, did Destiny just outdo Halo? Like, <laughs> in a much shorter trailer. <laughs> Damn. But yeah. Anyway, give it a try. It's free, folks. Honestly, and if you play, there's enough content in that free bit. It's like it's a legit free to play at this point and if you like it then you know the the other dlcs are are right there for you and hell if you're on game pass apparently you just get everything now so <laughs> uh whenever the new expansion comes out i guess um everything will be for will be available on game pass there you go i, I would still recommend just the free part at least see if you like it but i i, I will say this about game pass enjoy it while you have it folks i i just want <laughs> i want to like after I heard that announcement, like it, it's pretty crazy when you think about how many stuff, how much stuff is on Game Pass as it is, to now to a point where oh expansions they're all there too. It's like they <laughs> they have to be losing money on this show. They, there's no way they're making money on this. It's an obscene deal. <laughs> it's it's uh, like it's the best deal in video games for sure. Yeah, I like thought. Go ahead. Sorry. No, like no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say. I thought. PlayStation Plus was a pretty good deal, all things considering. Sixty bucks and you get two free games every month. But yeah, you're right. This it, it is crazy to a point where it's like, if you have the Xbox, get it and enjoy it while you have it. Because I can't help but feel there's going to be a point where like, okay, we we've lost too much money on this. Phone. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, like it seems like Microsoft is all in on Game Pass. Man, like that presentation that they had um, last week. Uh, for for Xbox for the Xbox Series X, um, that they showed off like twenty plus games, and they're like every single one of these games is going to launch on Game Pass Day One, so it's included as part of your subscription. Um, and you know, like you know, obviously that includes all the first party stuff, you know, like Halo, uh, Forza, Gears, whatnot. But like 
you know, like you'll see like a bunch of like third party stuff make it on there as well. Like that, like, you know, last year, one of the big games that was, that came out on game pass was outer worlds. Uh, like that came out on PS4, but like on Xbox one, like on day one, it was there on game pass. Um, and you know, like there's a bunch of other stuff on there as well. Like, like indie games, like, and other third-party stuff, like 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 I said, like Streets of Rage Four showed up on Game Pass on day one, um, like just a whole bunch of stuff. Like and like as they're port, like and as they're porting the the Yakuza games, like Yakuza Kiwami Two just came out on Xbox One today. I heard about uh, that. Yeah, that's also on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm replaying, like I've replayed like 120 hours of Yakuza Zero on Game Pass. Uh, and I'll probably just jump right into the Yakuza Kiwami right after. Um, I mean, for those of you who aren't following me while I'm, while I keep saying enjoy it while it lasts, it's like by being on Game Pass, it essentially means that you're not going to need to buy the physical copy if you have the Xbox, which would hurt the game studios. So Xbox must be paying something to these studios. Well, no, I mean, a lot of games, like a lot of studios have come out and said, it's like, no, being on Game Pass, like, helped us tremendously because like the games aren't on like a lot of games aren't aren't on there forever um okay. like but but they're like yeah like if you want to keep playing it like you get a 20 percent discount on the game uh before it leaves game pass like if you want to do that um or a lot of times you know like they'll have the base game but the dlc you know you still have to buy the dlc um and it's like a lot of studios especially smaller studios are like yeah like we probably had like a huge amount of people play the game that wouldn't have probably played it otherwise uh, mm-hmm. had it not been for Game Pass. So like like developers love it uh, as much as, as as you know players do. Like how long is something typically on Game Pass then? Like a month or no no like like a year <laughs> usually. Um, I mean some games got got like some some games can vary like like when Grand Theft Auto Five came out on Game Pass. Uh, that came out, and that was on that was out there on there for like a few months before it left. Uh, and they put on Red Dead Two. Uh, that's on Game Pass right now. That came out I think a month or two ago. Uh, so I I anticipate that comes off fairly soon. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, games are on there for for at least a year. Mm. All right. I, hmm. It's it's a good deal, Malcolm. It's a, apparently like uh, I do wonder like they have to be listening like something on some other end because the same time you know like I didn't really see a ton of exclusives on uh, on that showing except for Halo Infinite and, like I I kind of wonder is maybe it's because they're putting everything on Game Pass which but like you said it's a great deal like I can understand yeah like it. yeah like Game Pass Ultimate is fifteen bucks a month and that includes Xbox Live as well mm-hmm. so like like get like. Like Game Pass by itself is like ten bucks a month, uh, so that would say so that's like for an extra five bucks a month, a month uh, like that also includes Xbox Live, which comes out to sixty dollars for the year for Xbox Live, which is what you pay anyway. So to be like for fifteen bucks, you also have a library of like one hundred and fifty games that you can play <laughs> at no extra cost. It's like well shit yeah, <laughs> like like every single Gears of War game is on there, like all like all the Halo games are on there. Uh, like a lot of Forza, no, Forza isn't on, like the Horizon games are on there. Um, but like going forward, like all the Forza games are going to be on there as they come out. Like Crackdown is on there. Like all, like all, like all the first party stuff that you'd want to check out. It's like, yeah, for just 15 bucks or 10 bucks, even if you don't want 
if you don't care about Xbox Live. But you should. Yeah, I mean, you should get that anyway because, like, you get free games as part of Xbox Live anyway, like you do with PlayStation Plus. Uh, it's an absurd deal, though. It is. Uh, I'm curious. Like, like it's honestly the reason that, like, like, like it's not so cut and dry for me for choosing between a PS5 and, and a Series X uh, if I had to pick one. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conundrum that uh, both systems have, have used, like PlayStation using the more traditional sense of we're going to have these kick-ass games that are exclusive to our, our own count, console, well, and uh, that'll drive people to come to us. And, you know, Xbox with Xbox countering with, we're going to give you everything else <laughs> <laughs> for fifteen ninety nine a goddamn month. And so, is, is there an annual option out of curiosity? No, it's just um, a monthly thing. Uh, um, but, like, but they... Like, there are sales pretty frequently where you can buy, like, three months, uh, like, a code for three months for, like, 25 bucks. That ain't bad. Which I, which I did uh, last time. So I got six months for 50 bucks. Woo! <laughs> which is obscene. <laughs> Just obscene. Yeah, it's going to be interesting there. Especially, I think uh, another big uh, difference will be when both sides finally just say, okay, this is how much it costs. But, <laughs> what? <laughs> but, you know, it's like a game of chicken with those two. Like, no, we'll, we'll, we'll reveal it after you do there, Xbox. No, no, you go ahead this year. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, back. So Xbox Live, great deal. Or Game Pass, excuse me, great deal. And uh, Destiny 2, it's free. That You can't get much more of a good deal than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and for me, that finish me, finishes me up until we get to Ghost. Um, yeah, same for you. <laughs> like, uh, I guess we should just say real quick, the games let's talk about are Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, now, me and Malcolm were talking about leaving Final Fantasy VII and Last of Us towards the very end because we want to get into the heavy spoiler talk for those particular games. So I guess we should just talk about Tsushima now, right? Yep. So... After, keep in mind, we'll put another warning up before we discuss it, but after Ghost of Tsushima, at that point, essentially, we're going to be talking spoilers. So if you haven't played either of the games, then by all means, you just come back. We'll, we'll still be here. Just uh, stop it there, <laughs> come back after you played both of them, and realize how right we were about both games. All right, Joe, so... <laughs> Goes to Tsushima, and I still struggle to say that city or that island. God damn it! But uh, <laughs> my God, what was? How good is this game? It's very good. <laughs> it's a very good video game. Now I gotta ask you. Now, did you do the Yakuza thing where you did the Japanese with the English subtitles, or did you find yourself leaning towards the English dubbed on this one? Uh, yeah, I flip flopped between uh, both languages. Uh, because I did want to do the Yakuza thing, because, like, like, yeah, like, the game takes place in Japan, Japanese characters, like, if you've got a Japanese voice track with Japanese voice actors and everything, it's like, yeah, I want to check that shit out. Um, but the unfortunate reality is that um, even though the voice acting is, is um, they did not 
they, they didn't the, the 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 facial capture and the lip sync is, is is tied only to the English dub, uh, so it's a little off putting. Even though like yeah, it's like it's like aren't you just reading subtitles anyway? It's like yeah, but like I can read faster than they can speak. <laughs> so like I'll read what so I'll read the sentence and I'll, I'll watch them act it and like and it doesn't quite line up, uh, and it's a little too off putting. So ultimately, I ended up sticking with the English. Yeah, I was in the same boat. Like it's. It's weird, like because typically that's not the case where it's lip sync to, <laughs> yeah. to the dub. But yeah, it's like I, I tried it, and it's like, uh, and it, it does help that they actually try considerably to make the dub version uh, a, as good as the uh, Japanese. So yeah, I just went with that going forward. Yeah, is it the same voice actor for Jin in English and Japanese? I don't believe so. I believe uh, that. The the voice actor for Jin is American and also Japanese, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, Ghost of Tsushima, fantastic game where you play as uh, Jin, who has just survived the Battle of Tsushima, where the Mongols invaded. Where goddamn Japanese has like the coolest history ever. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he survives and uh, real makes the realization that in order to win this war. He might have to be more than just a samurai, and thus begins our epic tale as he finds the means of taking down this evil Mongol empire single-handedly. So, Joe, tell me about some of your experiences playing this one. Well, it's going to take me 17 years to beat it because I'm constantly floored by the environment. <laughs> like every, time, uh, every time I go anywhere, on, well, I named my horse Kage. <laughs> I, went, I went Nobu. That's one of the great... <laughs> every time I'm galloping with Kage uh, down these Japanese landscapes, like every single time I turn a corner, it's like, well, this looks incredible. And I'm going to the fucking photo mode for like 10 minutes, take like 30 fucking screenshots. <laughs> and it's like, all right, all right, continue, continue. Uh, turn another corner. Ah, oh, shit, there's a fox. <laughs> oh, shit, there's a bird. Oh, shit, this looks pretty too. <laughs> so it takes me like fucking three hours to complete one mission. Those, uh, those that's my experience. <laughs> those fucking yellow birds and the foxes, for that matter. Just like uh, I'll be on my way, focus. All right, I'm gonna go to this goal and do what I have to do. I'm like, oh my god, fox! And I jump right off Nobu and run towards the fox. Oh, <laughs> uh, <and it's, laughs> like fucking yes, a spring, yes. <laughs> Raise that health bar. Uh, I tell you, man, like, I hate to, like, compare games here, but this is what I was hoping Red Dead 2 would be like. Like, exactly how this environment is and engaging. The fact that I don't need to clean my horse and get it down to a certain dust level in order for it to be effective and feed the horse. (laughs) (laughs) All this garbage. Like, no, you just go out there and you're riding along and all of a sudden you see Mongols lead a chain of prisoners and I don't know about you, Joe, but one of the first things I did was I uh, raised my standoff streak meter to three. Yes. Geez. Oh, my God. Like, I got it. Th- and hats off to them. They found a way to make just being up front as good as being stealthy. Because, like, yeah, stealthy, you can kill multiple enemies in one go. But now you can do that with standoff. You, I hop off Nobu. I'm like, hey, hey, dipshits. And I kill one. <laughs> And it helps that... What are you... <laughs> like, show yourselves, cowards. <laughs> and 
they're usually in like gangs of three anyway. And you, if you're good, you could just get kill all three of them, free the prisoner, and get back up on your horse. It's actually really, really good. <laughs> and oh, and just I, I love so many of the details. I love like you're absolutely dead on about the horse. Like I remember the beginning of the game when you're like riding on the horse and you're in this field of flowers. And uh, Jin just reaches over just so and lets his hand ride ride along the flowers in the beginning scene, and it's like, yeah, I would totally do that. And <laughs> if I had both the agility and the skill of riding a horse, I'm sure I would. Do that. <laughs> and and it's like if I too was an elite samurai, <laughs> like, I would also do these things. <laughs> and and it's really cool, just like walking around, like if. Number one, the first tip I'll tell anyone who plays this game, if you see anyone with a speech bubble that you could talk to, talk to them because they have something important to tell you. So just make sure to do that. And you'll hear stories about like, oh, some guy was just viciously training in the ocean. It was scaring us half to death. Please go check on him. Or (laughs) or you get like some of the darker tales like uh, you hear about this woman who bandits stole all her food. And uh, you go, this is just a small side quest. It's not a huge spoiler, but you go over there and sure enough, there are bandits there and you kill them and you find rice and you think it's hers. You bring it back. It's like, oh, wow, I've never had rice before. And, and they're like, wait, you just said that they stole your food. Well, there were bandits, though. And like, You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But and it's like and it's just like little tales like that. It, like it. Stuff like that reminds me of Red Dead, where you're just riding along, and all of a sudden you find yourself roped into like this little quest there, where you know maybe you're helping this weird grave digger find the perfect spot, or maybe you're helping this freaking uh, dude, or you're killing Sasquatches for some reason. It's just uh, all these like random things that help build to a greater overarching tale. I feel and. So anyway, <laughs> I could talk about this game all day. Goddamn, <laughs> man! Like it's like it's there's so much stuff to do, um, you know. Like it really is. Like people spent so many years clamoring for for Ubisoft to set an Assassin's Creed game in Japan, <laughs> and like they just never did. And Sucker Punch is like, "Fuck it, we'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> and here it is. Uh, and yeah, like. Like, I love the combat. Like, the game was kicking my ass from the start. Like, I was texting Malcolm the, first, the day the game came out. I was like, like I think I might just have to, like, bust this game down to easy because I'm getting my ass fucking just shredded in this game. Um, but, you know, you stick. I stuck with it. Um, you know, and once you start upgrading Jin, um, like, he becomes pretty unstoppable. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, switching between stances... Uh, is is really cool being able to do that like mid fight uh, as different enemies approach you. Uh, so you know that stuff is it's easy, but it, it's it's a good way to keep you on your toes. Uh, it's 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 good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, and he, he Joe's a hundred percent right on the difficulty there. Like you can die in like a few strikes of the sword if you're sloppy. So it does train you to get good at those perfect parries and what have you and get good on uh, switching stances, which in their defense, they're really, really good about being really gradual. Like you eventually you eventually unlock the second form. You'll unlock this then followed by the third and the fourth form. And by the time you get there, you're switching out pretty easily and seamlessly just because it's become habit, which is great. Yeah. 
It's just like training to be a samurai. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> And you also unlock other cool abilities like kunai and sticky bombs and smoke bombs and other cool stuff to incorporate with your ninja stuff. And I love how they tell the story. Like uh, the first time that Jin uses essentially a ninja move, it's like a big sort of traumatic event for that character. It's like, yeah. Cause like his, his uncle um, is, has like ingrained his ingrained him like so heavily. The, the, the honor of being a samurai is like, we look our enemy in the eye. God damn it. <laughs> we'll, we'll fight and kill them and take their life. Like only a coward would, would, would stab someone in the back and you're just going to these grass fields like go hole <laughs> tugging at your collar it's like there's, what else am I supposed to do there's <laughs> like 30 of these dudes I can't take them all out at once <laughs> and that was actually the cool thing because uh, I had finished that first mission with uh, Yuna I believe her name is where she's teaching you yeah. how to not be a samurai and uh, <laughs> I was just in a village where that was invaded by Mongols and I was on a roof so I jumped off to do an assassin kill, and as I was in midair, it suddenly cut to a scene with Jin and his uh, grandfather, and he's telling him this, telling him like uh, samurais do everything face to face. We don't do anything from behind. And then it cuts to white, and you hear Jin say, "I'm sorry." And then it cuts back, <laughs> and he stabs the guy. I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Like, wait a minute, are you sorry to your uncle? Or are you sorry to your uncle? Or are you sorry to this guy who just killed? Uh, sorry to his uncle. He, he, he could give two shits about the. <laughs> Funny. Oh my god. And it's like little details like that is just really, really epic. And yeah, you, and you get like so many cool bits and pieces here. Like, you really get an idea what it's like to be a samurai, at least what the perception of the samurai were. The samurais are essentially these superheroes that you would go to and ask for help when the, when the need arise. And basically, yeah, and it also helps that every per every member of Jin's, for lack of a better term, team is their own ver own very has their own interesting plot that you're trying to help them through, and have like this tragic story that they're trying to get through while they're helping you take down the Mongols, and it's so engaging that I actually find myself wanting to complete those quests just because maybe it's my Persona Five training. But I want to help with those social links. <laughs> yeah, like the the game does a it, it's very good at, at telling you exactly uh, where you are with those stories and like what you get out of them. Like like a lot of those side stories, like it'll be like, oh, like you've got a you've got Lady Masako, right? Like it's like mm -hmm. like so in the menu it'd be like a Masako tale, and it'll say like one out of nine, two out of nine, three out of nine. So it's like you know exactly where you are uh, in that story, um, and you know like. Like a lot of times, like all right, you can't continue with the entire storyline until you get through this main story part. It's like okay, so you can kind of like checklist everything very easily, uh, and and again, the game tells you exactly what you're gonna get out of uh, every mission. It's like okay, if you go clear, uh, if you clear this farmstead, you'll get like this much of your reputation. You'll get a, a challenge, or you'll get a technique point, or some silk, or whatever. Um, or some new armor if you do this or that. It's like it tells you exactly what you're getting into. Uh, so like for like a completionist, it's like very easy to kind of just like <laughs> checklist everything uh, and go through kind of and kind of like plan a route of what you want to do. Like okay, I'm go through this part of the map and do these things. It's 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 really like it gives you a ton of stuff to do, but it's also respectful of your time. <laughs> mm. Definitely, and especially with all the tales like. 
you could just play one, play one or two tales if you're got a busier day and that's still fulfilling or like I remember like I dedicated a day just to Masako to do as much of her story as I could. God, she's so good though. <laughs> she's such an angry old lady. Oh, uh, and you completely understand why. Too. <laughs> <laughs> like that lady is that lady is pissed. Oh god, yeah. And I felt bad for her cuz you know she was there when my character became the head of the family. She's one of the people right at the door saying, "Hey, we're going to we always have your back in my family." Fucking hell. It's like, "Oh." <laughs> And uh, the archer, uh, can't remember how to say Ishikawa. his name. Ishikawa, thank you. And the story and him basically raising the devil with a bow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And how that just went completely the wrong way, and just like, yeah, I'll help you take this person down. And you got and your... you try to, yeah, and you try to puzzle out like how much of it is his fault, how much of it is her fault. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of rough. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a dickhead. It's like, yeah, I can see. You. Like, he he straight up tells him at one point, he's like, I can see why she's got it for you. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up, bro. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, on top of like the main character stuff, you've also got these legendary duels that you could take part in. Like, uh, I've done two so far. Have you done any? Yeah, I've done. I've done. I think three. Nice. So, yeah, I did the one with the Heavenly Blow and one with the Longbow, which is super, yeah. super rad weapon, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've done those two, and I've done one for a for a, for an armor set. Mm. And so, yeah, it's got tremendous... There, there's so much stuff to do, and I'm still on, like, the first island. Admittingly, I, I while I played quite a bit of the game, I also discovered rediscover destiny again shortly thereafter so uh, joe's probably farther in the game than i am um not a ton farther like i'm in the like i i liberated that first castle uh so i'm in the upper half of the island now um but i'm not much further than that nice nice so yeah and uh this game set set a record if i'm not if i'm recalling it's like the best-selling original title in on, on PS4, yeah. So you know, thinking of things like uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn, um, Days Gone, you know, things like that, like completely original stuff um, that, that isn't like a continuation of a franchise, like Spider Man or God of War. Mm. Well, congrats to Sucker Punch because they did it, did it a fucking again. Like, I, I was a little apprehensive because like I, I love Infamous. I was kind of hoping we would get a fourth one, but you know what? If this is the direction they're going in now, I think I'll take it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, like, I wish there was at least like a compass or something <laughs> on screen, because uh, using the wind to to point you towards objectives, you know, like that's nice. It's a that's a novel idea. Like that's that's something I've seen before. But uh, you know, without a mini map, it's like on screen as well. It's like I, I would at least like a compass, because like I'm constantly pausing the game to look at the map. It's like, all right, so I go here. <laughs> It does take some getting used to. Like, I was consistently swiping up on the touchpad to get that gust going. But eventually, I realized that it's constantly blowing in that direction anyway. So you just need to look for little details. And you you know where you're going. So, But actually, I, I thought that was a clever way of do, going about it. Like, they could have just been lazy and put, like, a big arrow, like, t crazy taxi or something on there for you. To <laughs> <laughs> hey. I would love a big hero. <laughs> <It'd be> crazy. <laughs> that can be DLC unlocked. There. 
<laughs> get the crazy taxi arrow for your horse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a fantastically well-made game. Uh, I, I'm really liking it as I do like the fact that you just keep the same weapons pretty much throughout the game with the exception of the longbow and what have you that you unlock a little bit later and you just get techniques. But uh, I also really dig the outfits. Admittingly, I've been just using essentially the traveler's outfit, just trying to unlock as much of the map as possible as I travel (laughs) around. Uh, I do that between missions. Like if I'm going from one, from one, point of the map to the other, I switch to that. But once it's starting to get into an actual fight, it's like, all right, I got to switch to my, my actual samurai armor. <laughs> yeah, I made sure to upgrade that as soon as I could. So it was like 30 feet or whatever it was unlocked in a map in one <laughs> as you're going. So, yeah. <laughs> so, it, and it's also really something I also appreciate. It's really generous with the fast travel. Like they put those little uh, yes. camps all over the place and it's, Really appreciate it because there's a lot of places to travel in this game. And it's so fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> like it's actual fast travel. Like fast travel in most other games is like, all right, well, I guess I'll go get something out of the fridge real quick. It's like, no, like this, you barely have time to even look at your phone uh, while it loads up the point that you, you're traveling to. I will give one nitpick though. Uh, one thing I, I don't like about the game is uh, when you die. Hey, it's it's not enough that you just get like struck down, but you also have to wait to for one of the enemies to stab you. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're pretty they're assholes about it. Like some will kick you a few times and then stab you, and it's just like, okay, dude, can we just? I get it, game over. <laughs> well, once you unlock the Iron Will uh, upgrade, uh, where you can actually revive yourself, it's like it becomes pretty moot. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but yeah, like, uh, that was true. Like, I was, when I was getting my ass kicked in a game, like, early on, it was like, God, jeez, like, literally just fucking spitting on me while I'm down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those Mongols, my God. <laughs> Do you think uh, Mongols will make uh, to the point of, like, Nazis or Russians as far as favorite enemies in a game at some point? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean... I, I think I I think people like Mongolian beef too much for that. Mm. <laughs> I is, mean, I know I should do. It is good, but <laughs> <laughs> like Mongolian beef around the corner from my house is a plus. And I'm just thinking about it, like they were kind of assholes. Like looking back. <laughs> just... Oh yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the uh, the statistic? Like uh, one of one out of six people has Genghis Kong DNA in them, or something like that. <laughs> true <laughs> it's some absurd number but like there's a he apparently enjoyed sex joe so like <laughs> okay, but i i heard that somewhere or at some point but anyway anyway okay so this is a definite is there any other cool stuff that you may have found out that you want to talk about here uh man i mean just yeah, I'm just in awe of like how good the game looks. Like it's like between between the, like how good it looks, like the fast travel, uh, like having zero loading times, and the game only being like 50 gigs on on my PS4. It's like, damn, how the hell did they like what fucking wizardry did they get these guys pull off uh, making this game? And oh, another thing, yeah, that they recently dispatched the game like yesterday or a couple of days ago. Uh, so that you could actually increase the size of the text in the game. It's like, oh, thank God, because <laughs> I'm blind. 
<laughs> oh, uh, I did find the study. So one in every 200 men is a relative of Genghis Khan, according to a study. Jesus. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really, really fantastic game. Granted, it's like the whole explore the map, take down the fortress, all that stuff. But it's done really well, and it's shot beautifully. Like, I, like especially for some of the epic duels. Like, there was one where I was, like, surrounded by crows circling, and you're, like, going through this heated back-and-forth duel. Another one, there's, like, this thunderstorm, and there's lightning bolts striking yeah, the ground. Yeah, heavenly, heavenly Blow one is just, ah, oh, aces. Oh, God. And... Uh, my fa- I haven't got my one of my favorites. I haven't gotten to yet, but it was like in one of the reveals for I believe the uh, PlayStation. I forget what they're called. What what, what did they call those uh, PlayStation deals? Uh, I don't know what you're really talking about. Like the Sony version of the Nintendo Direct. Oh, the the State of Play. State of Play. Yeah, they did one, and it was essentially this battle. And there's like all these Sakura leaves like flying around you or floating around you as you're like dueling back and forth. Uh, it, but yeah, the scenery is just crazy. And I, I've heard like that, with the exception of your face during photo mode, I've heard a lot of praise <laughs> for the photo mode in this game. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I, like I think like I pulled a bunch of um of screenshots or pretty much all the screenshots that I took. Uh, pulled them for my PS4, um, and I plug it into my into my into my laptop. It's like, oh, there's almost 300 shots in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to say on this one, Bud? Or I think we've basically gave it the point that people should buy it. <laughs> uh, yep. 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 All right. So, folks, we're down to the final two for this month's episode here. Here. Final Fantasy VII Remake, followed by the highly contested Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> so, remember, folks, we're going to be talking about spoilers here. So, if you uh, if you stick around, it's at your own risk. We hope you do come back here. Here, by the way, uh, fun fact: we're on Spotify and Google Play now as far as podcast though, so you can listen to us there. We'll go more into that at the end. But, folks. Thanks so much. Uh, and now, Joe, spoilers, starting with Final Fantasy VII Remake. And, Joe, this was kind of a bittersweet one for our show to have exist. You know why? <laughs> why is that, not? Well, with this game entry, that list which we that you made forever ago about top ten famous vaporware games is considered moot at this point. Because <laughs> they've all come out now. Kingdom Hearts 3, Shenmue 3. And now Final Fantasy VII Remake, that all the, I think like pretty much all the game in your top five have now come out now. So officially <laughs> not vaporware. Yeah. Like I think that list also included Final Fantasy Versus 13. Remember that? No. Wow. <laughs> that, that became Final Fantasy 15. Uh, I mean, good. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm happy to play these games because, uh, I mean, for the most part, they're pretty good. Uh, you can keep Kingdom Hearts and uh, Shadow, but uh, I'll take the rest. <laughs> All right, so Final uh, Fantasy VII, I, 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 you, we both bought it. I uh, beat it, Joe. Did you beat it? I did beat it. All right, so needless to say, this is, I would dare say, this is probably the most important Square game that they've released in recent memory, at the very least. Now, keep in mind, recent memory is 15 years for Square. So, uh, <laughs> but 
Needless to say, if there was one game that they couldn't fuck up, if there was one game where it was so important to them that they made that they stuck the landing on, I would dare say it was this game. And did they do that? I believe so. Joe, what do you think? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> like, like I enjoy this game tremendously. Like um like I've never played more than a few hours of like the PS1 game. Like I'm I'm being very honest. Like I, yeah. um but yeah, like I, I was so happy to, to play through this. Like it's just such a damn delight. Uh like everything about the game is, is so engrossing. Like the like graphically for the most part, like especially the character models for the for the party members. Mm. Uh, like are, are, are excellent. Uh, the landscapes are really good. Um, the, the, like the music, all the remastered tracks are are really really good. And it's it's just oh man, just what a show. Uh, speaking of the music, all the games in this show have tremendous music. I've come to notice. Like even Ring Fit <laughs> has some catchy music. But anyway, yeah, I told you, I told you that when I bought it. <laughs> Yeah, like, I can work out to this. This is good. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake, I actively have been, like, trying to find the soundtrack to just buy buy on physical copy. That's how much I've loved this. Like, I've loved every iteration of the music. This is, in my opinion, this the music in this game, probably because I'm so familiar with the first uh, game, which was my personal favorite Final Fantasy out of all of them. But just the story they tell just with music alone is freaking fantastic. Like when you're climbing the pillar and mm. you have like the, the soundtrack for that climb is essentially the Turks theme fighting the Shinra theme, fighting your theme as you have like this dichotomy of all these, like, cause the Turks don't want to do what they've been told to do, but Shinra wants them to do it and Turks realize they have a job. And meanwhile, you're trying to stop them from completing that job. And just the way, and it's like this really, really interesting, like fighting theme against all three psychologies going into it. It's like tremendous. And uh, like uh, the underground tunnel has like some really, really fantastic ones too, or the overall theme overworld theme is great. And then it bleeds into like this really trip, trippy trance battle theme whenever you fight something <laughs> oh the music is so good like i want to buy it so badly but i can't find it anywhere and squares being stupid and wanting to charge an obscene amount <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i bought the deluxe edition of the game uh so it came with a steelbook and it came with a soundtrack cd of like 12 tracks so it's like not nearly the whole thing but no. it's like it's not like it's enough to get you through you know to do those jonesons uh, it gets you through that for sure. Now, now moving and like uh, going back to what you're saying, I have to commend them on how they literally handled every single character. Like the the most uh, I could really rag on them for is that Red Thirteen wasn't playable, that, but that's really it. Like they they grasp, they completely embodied why Cloud is like he's he's an asshole. Like a lot of people miss that about his character, especially in the beginning. He's a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> how he interacts with Barrett is is just perfect because that's that was what their relationship <laughs> was like in the beginning. <laughs> Cloud is like, I'm just here for the to do a job. Barrett trying to like be like, oh, we're helping the world, and uh, Cloud is like, yeah, you, you can help the world as long as part of that is me getting paid. But Barrett and uh, Barrett, th who 
my God, the work they did with Barrett alone, I feel like should get him an award of some kind. Because granted, <laughs> he was kind of like this uh, jokey character where, you know, he was essentially just based off Mr. T, it felt like. But in this in this game, though, you get why he's the leader of Avalanche. And you get how he's also this really charming father figure for this girl, little girl Marlene. And why he's like... <laughs> the focal point of this little squad that you sort of just walk into. And they, I feel like they really nailed it, nailed it there. And just, uh, finally on, uh, cloud and Barrett alone. It's like, it's really interesting in the beginning of the game. Cause there's banter during fights, which is one of the best decisions they've ever made with this game. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and cloud, like I told you to use lightning. And I was like, I thought you were full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you but then over the course of the game that sort of lowers and they start joking with each other and then eventually they're like yeah i knew you could knew you had that you're like damn right and they're and they're friends like it's like little <laughs> things like that over the course of the story uh, how, how did you how, how, i'll stop here because i'll go on forever about the character but how, how did you feel that they did with the characters joe um like i thought they were all really endearing like uh you know like i'm like I said, like I never played much of the game originally, hmm. um, but like obviously anybody who pays attention to video games even a little bit is like familiar with these characters anyway. It's like oh yeah, Cloud and and Tifa and and, and Aerith and and Bear. It's like yeah, it's like okay, whatever. But like like actually, and you know like this game, you know it only takes place in Midgar, but like what used to be like a few hours in on the PS1 games, like this is like a 40, 50 hour thing. So like uh, over the course of those fifty hours, it's like yeah, man, like these characters are all really really great in their own way um like like tifa is like tifa and Aerith both being like these super like optimistic characters uh <laughs> like cloud being like like you said this asshole like <laughs> like but you know like he, he's not completely like he's not like a total totally cold like he's like he's still a person inside he can still emphasize when he has to uh and then you know like you said bear being you know the kind of the linchpin of this group um yeah, like they're all great. Like I love them all so much. <laughs> so, and like Cloud, Cloud to me is like that character in the D and D, that per player in the D and D group, who's trying to be the badass from like that he saw in like anime, like Berserk or what have you, but keeps fucking up because deep down he's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> and but. Oh, I get, but the, yeah, the characters, not only are they all great and relatable to the point that you root for them, but also each character actually has their own unique play style. Like, it, like you know, Barrett is uh, best with long range and has the highest defense. Uh, Aerith is the magic user who now, now has actually long distance that she can use and she's the best with spells. So you want to put all her spells on her. Tifa is the combo king and all of her supers blend into each other so that you can do even more powerful combos to take down the enemy and cloud switches from, and I love that he switches from Zach's stance and switch to Sephiroth's stance and uses those to like switch from like dealing out damage or defending against enemy, uh, defending against attacks or even like countering the tax, which I learned to do later in the game. It's like, like it's a, such a fascinating way how they do it, that it makes me look forward to when they add more characters and uh, how those characters, like how will Yuffie and Vincent play? <laughs> 
how will Red 13 play when we can finally play as him? Like little things like that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the combat, you know, it can be tricky to learn at first. Um, but you know, once you do, like it's satisfying as hell. <laughs> like once it all clicks, like you said, like as you as you're kind of loading uh, materia and certain people like all right like like you said like all right so like all right Barrett's got the high defense so I'll, I'll put the barrier spell on him uh, but I'll also put the 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 materia that so that when he casts it on himself he casts it on everybody <laughs> it's like okay great <laughs> like and like it's you know being able to to kind of strategize you know with that and play around with their different play styles and the different materials like it's like it took me a little bit to, to really get the hang of it but man once it does it's it it, it sings. Mm. Yeah. And the way they uh, go about the story, like uh, we'll, we'll talk about the major thing in a moment, but uh, I love how they took all these moments that uh, I remembered playing and playing as a kid and like really brought them up to the forefront. And in a lot of cases actually, actually expanded upon them. Like you blow up the reactor uh, in uh, the very first mission of the game, but how does the rest of this big world of Midgar take something like that? And basically we get a second chapter, which is essentially you kind of walking around in this nine 11 like situation where people are freaking out, trying to find their kids. Like we just moved here and now we just lost the reactor. We have no power. How are we going to live? <laughs> and you who played a part in it have to figure out, <laughs> having to deal with all of that up also while trying to escape from Shinra and get, and what have you. And, uh, and on top of that, after of course that emotional ordeal, that's everything you go through. Like, like you can tell like when a movie's good, like when you know when a part's going to happen, but you still hope that it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like that when climbing up the pillar where I was taking on Reno and rude. And I was like, no, no, we can't let this happen. And, it does happen and it fucking in, in a good way, it fucking sucks. And you're just watching all these people who you were helping <laughs> in earlier chapters, either trying to evacuate or helping them try to figure out what to do next. And yeah, it's like little touches like that, that really like bring the story alive that when you finally go to Shinra tower, they're like, I'm going to go fucking beat the shit out of these people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how did you feel with uh, the story bits like that, Joe? No, yeah, you're right. Like it, like you, you really, like you really see how, like how people live under this oppressive like regime that is Shinra and, and Midgar, and you know, like being on top or below the plate, and seeing how how different everyone's lives are, either above or below, and and pre and post uh, pillar collapse. Uh, it's like it's it's. It's good stuff. <laughs> like it's uh, something I also liked about this game is I feel like you can look at this game and you really get a ch get a feel like okay, they learned to do this from Kingdom from Final Fantasy thirteen and fifteen. Okay, they learned uh, how to do you know the staggering. That's what came from thirteen and fifteen. The combat, a lot of it is taken from fifteen and Kingdom Hearts. Like I feel like the last. 10 years of square have all been lessons building to this. It's, yeah. Like it really is the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> every sense. Like, yeah, like here's the most popular game we've ever made. Uh, but also taking lessons from, like you said, like all these games we've been putting out in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, if you can even go back further, like uh, Materia System is from 10, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so it's like, or not, <laughs> the, excuse me, the uh, Ability Orb System is from 10. So, yeah, it's like little things like that, and it all works wonderfully. And, ah, oh, it's so good. And a lot of the new additions work out really well, like, how did you feel about the character Roach, out of curiosity? Roach. Um, you, which one is Roach? Ah, I, I see you left a lasting impression on you. Uh, he was the crazy soldier. <laughs> crazy soldier biker guy. Oh, that guy. Yes. Uh, that guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for, between the chase and the fight. Uh, that fight was hard. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Like, actually, we tried a couple times. Like, which part? The bike part of the fight or the ground part of the fight? Oh, the actual ground part. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that one, uh, I had to, like, all right, I got to think about how he moves here. And by the way, the fight music, the music for that fight is fucking fun fantastic. Like, uh, it really does <laughs> bring up, like, there's a lot of the Roche character and the speed demon character in that as well. But I, I really like Roche. Like, something I didn't think the first game did enough of. Like, they build up this idea of soldier. Like, in my mind, it was kind of like Final Fantasy's version of Jedi. Hey, and But you only really hear about three. So I hope that this is going to be them introducing other soldiers and other characters like that, as uh, that could lead to some really interesting boss battles going forward. And uh, it sounds like, from what I've heard from interviews, that we're probably going to see more of that character, which makes sense, considering he doesn't die no spoiler but oh we're the spoiler section so we're good <laughs> all right all right contract that was 77 dollars yeah it's it's freaking expensive so joe so, i mean it is seven, it is seven discs <laughs> yeah as much as i love it yeah i can't really justify that payment quite yet <laughs> anyway joe so let's talk about the elephant in the room here so and this, the most controversial thing of an otherwise perfect remake of the game is the fact that it's not a remake of the game. As little details were thrown, hit bits and pieces here and there, like the fact you see Sephiroth right in Chapter 2. You don't typically see Sephiroth in <laughs> Chapter 2. And you also see uh, these thing, these little ghosts that are called whispers throughout the game. And uh, over the course of the game, you come to realize that these things are harbingers of destiny. And you realize that by destiny, they want the game of Final Fantasy VII, excuse me, Final Fantasy VII to continue just like it did. To the point of even <laughs> resurrecting characters that are suddenly killed. Which is, in hindsight, kind of a hilarious scene of Sephiroth just fucking with them. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to, like, uh, uh, for a lot of people, the one downside of the game where you pretty much f have a Kingdom Hearts boss fight with these Harbingers of Fate, the <laughs> in <laughs> including Giant Heartless in the background as you fight all these other ones. But ultimately, this leads to you taking them out and engaging one of my favorite boss fights of all time, the fight with Sephiroth, where it, you, you didn't play through the whole Final Fantasy game, but... Something that always bugged me is you always heard about Sephiroth the Swordsman and how tough and powerful he was, but you never fight that Sephiroth. You get, like, the weird winged thing at the, at the very <laughs> end. So 
to actually fight Sephiroth the Swordsman against uh, the party was actually like a nice little thrill for me and made me appreciate the game more. But you take on Sephiroth, and by uh, defeating the the Whispers, you have now changed faith. Uh, excuse me, fate. To a point where now, as uh, Aerith herself puts it, we don't know what comes next. And on top of that, <laughs> my favorite character is alive! <laughs> uh, Zach Fair, like, all right, all right, real talk here. I actually cried. Like, when, uh, as soon as I saw that cutscene... <laughs> And I real and he's like, was that it? And I was like, no. And he's a fucking live. For a second there, I thought they were just pulling when the explosion happened later. Like, and you fucking killed him, great. But no, he's alive, and we don't know what that means. <laughs> but, uh, but oh, I cried like, oh my god, he's he's he made it. He fucking made it. Fuck yes. Like uh, anyway. <laughs> so Joe, how did you feel about this decision here? Now, granted, this is Tetsuya Nomura, so. There's a lot of concern that he could be Tetsuya Nomura about the plot, which he's behind Kingdom Hearts, folks. But uh, <laughs> so there is. <laughs> so the concern is valid, though. I personally feel like Square is going to put a leash on him. Like, no, 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 no. We we, we could go down <laughs> if we fuck this up. Yeah, like, like they're taking some liberties with the story, but there is still like a blueprint that they have to follow because the story still is largely, you know, already told. Yeah, that, this is so like 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 they can deviate a little bit here and there, but like like ultimately, you know what happens. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Sandra, who also played through the game, who's uh, was right there with me when we saw that reveal in 2015, and we both cried seeing the Moogle slide and realizing this was going to be a thing. But uh, when she played through it, the uh, the she put it the best way of cautiously optimistic because. Uh, I'm in a, I'm in agreement with you here. Like I feel like what we got with this game is a pretty clear indication of what we're looking at going into the future because this one pretty much followed the beats of the first game but had some deviations and some differences here and there. Or like that fight with Rude didn't happen in the first game for instance when you first meet him. <laughs> and the whole thing with Roach was not a thing in the first game. So I and uh, I, I know where this is going, like, because uh, uh, one thing I keep hearing is, well, I guess Aerith isn't going to die, and I'm calling it now. She is going to die, and this, <laughs> she's going to die, and it's just like when she died the first time. It's going to come out of nowhere, and it's going to get us in the fields all over again. Which uh, you know, I, I I understand Square wanting to do this. Like, granted, this is going to be a long game, and you can't. It, it would sort of be not as co not as cool for the developers if they're just remaking the game entirely beat by beat, and because I'm sure they had ideas that they wanted to implement back then that they couldn't due to limitations in the system, let alone doing it now where there's essentially no fucking limit, especially when they can do this over the course of multiple <laughs> games. So, yeah, yeah. So I I think they're going to be fine there. Like, uh, how? Like, how, how did you feel about that whole reveal and what have you? Um, I mean, like I said, like, I only played a little bit of a original game. So, like, these reveals are just reveals to me. Like, it would be like with any other new game. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm not really sensing a lot of the differences between yeah. the original stuff. Well, um, you got to keep but it. I, like, like, but, like I said, like, I, like, I do appreciate what they've done with with the story. Like, it, like it's – they're telling – Good coherent story, which is like you said, uh, with Tetsuya Nomura, like you're always at risk of it flying off the rails somewhere. <laughs> oh, you got to remember, but, like, 
Go ahead. But like, like this is a good ass game. Fucking hell, yeah. And pardon me, but like every time you say I only played a few hours, like this entire part that we just played is just a few hours into the main game. So, <laughs> but so, so I'm a little, so I'm like trying to figure out where exactly it, you drop off here, but. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm happy this game exists. Like people like Joe who didn't get the full experience of the first game and now get to experience largely what I experienced when we played the first game. Like why Sephiroth is such this crazy character. Like a lot of people like were riffing like, Oh, they didn't do it exact. They didn't do the Sephiroth reveal exactly like they did in the first one. Like, I think it's actually just as cool here. Cause now you have this question of does it, as it feels like Sephiroth knows that he loses somehow and has managed to tr- <laughs> trick your party into killing fate. So now he has a chance of winning and has been, <laughs> and is still manipulate, manipulating you based on the interaction with cloud at the very end, which actually mirrors the ending, the very ending of final fantasy seven, the last fight with him with cloud where he says like, like not yet. And uh as he still has he needs cloud for something, but we don't know what. And uh at the end, like I replayed the ending multiple times, studying it, trying to figure out things like remember when he says like you have se- seven seconds till the end? Yeah. And so lesser known fact, the uh, the from the moment you see Sephiroth to the point that he stabs her is seven seconds. <laughs> so a lot of people are saying, is that what he was talking about? And how does Zach play into it? And the fact that of all things, scamps, the fact that you see a different breed of dog for scamps when you see Zach versus where you are now begs the question, is this an alternate, is this an alternate timeline we're dealing with? Is, is, <laughs> so there's so many like interesting avenues. And while it's a little crazy, it's not kingdom hearts crazy yet. So I'm very optimistic and speaking personally, like uh, of all the games that I needed to go right, like it's, it's 2020 folks like this, this year <laughs> has been hard enough as it is without them dropping <laughs> the ball completely on this remake on top. And I'm happy to say they did not like this. Like I actually took a vacation, couple of vacation days to play this game. And it was one of the best experiences of, of, my life in recent memory. Like when we do game of the year, like Joe is going to have to put a gun to my head for this to not win. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but my, this game was like perfect. They did everything they needed to do. And now we're at a point where it's very interesting to see where we go from here. Like Joe, out of curiosity, when do you think we'll see the second game? Oh God, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> Look how long it took her to make this part. I mean, I do recall they had to start over at a certain point. I believe this game was working with Cyber Connect or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like I mean, then like the game runs on Unreal Engine now, right? I uh, think. Okay. So like, like yep. they've been working on this game for a long time, and I don't think that's the engine they originally used for it. Uh, I- I think this is like the uh, engine that Square's been working on all this time. Like, what this is like a unique, like, you've seen them use a bunch of tech demos with this. Like, like uh, they originally did one not too long ago you know, at uh, E3 that is looks like it's actually going to become a game now. But anyway, uh, 
So if you count from the time they took over from CyberConnect and they did say that they were starting over, it took them roughly three and a half years to get situated from that point to get to this. So, mm. and keep in mind the reveal was five years and I doubt, <laughs> I don't think it'll be another five years, but I'm hoping best worst case scenario, three and a half, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, uh, from the from what I've been hearing, we're going to hear word at some point in August about when the next one is coming out. And as much as I would love it, I doubt it's going to be a launch title for PS5, but... No. <laughs> I mean, I would love that. That'd be great. But I don't think it's going to be fucking seven months that separates these, the two entries. <laughs> but uh, I got t- another... Another uh, merit I have to give this game, like, I don't know about you, but every boss fight I had, they fu- they found a way to make the stupid scorpion boss from the very first reactor <laughs> into one of the most beautifully cinematic boss fights and one of the most daunting fights I've ever had. Like, all of the boss fights were, like, these epic down-to-the-wire victories back and forth. Like, Roche was a great example. The fucking Hell House. They turned out... Oh, God. They turned that into a boss. Like in the original game, that was just an enemy that you'd happen upon in like uh, while you were running, roaming around, and you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" And then you'd kill it in like two swipes. But they turned this into the craziest, most insane boss fight I've ever had in a Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good! And um, the boss, like a there, there are a bunch of really like the Sephiroth boss fight is epic. The, that's another one where the music really tells the story for me. Like, uh, it, like the music is great, but you don't hear the chorus till the very end, which like tells the story for me that up until that point, Sephiroth is just toying with you because he knows your team has no business fighting him right now. So, <laughs> so he's just enjoying it. It's not until the wing grows out that he's like, all right, let's be a little serious now. <laughs> and you have to step up like uh also like the boss fight with Aerith, Red Thirteen, and Barrett versus that uh I can't remember what the name of it, but the uh it's basically this giant mech you're fighting in the lobby. And uh it gets re- like especially when it gets down to the wire where it's basically charging this ultimate attack and he, if you don't kill it right then and there, it's gonna kill you. You know, it's like it was just some back and forth and really not long nice long distance fighting like I, I really love the boss fights in this game. I did as well. Um, like even just like in the VR mode or whatever, when you have to like we have to beat the summons before you can use the summons. It's like mm. damn it. Um, like uh, what's like what's what's the ice lady? No, no, not the ice lady. The Leviathan, the Leviathan fight. Holy fuck! Oh god, uh, Bahamut was also a pain in the ass because like you like it was at a point where his freaking mega flare would just wipe my, wipe out my party when it hit. So, <laughs> so that was just like a race against time to beat that guy. Oh god, the the summons are also really fantastically done. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, was there anything else you had to say on this one, buddy? Um, if like if I could nitpick one thing, I guess like <laughs> like in the graphics is that uh, like for as good as the game looks most of the time, like uh like in the slums in the slums like the textures on like like if you look at like any of the like walls or floors or anything like for whatever reason it just like always looked like it was like the textures were loading in but never would <laughs> like it's just 
these like PS2, early PS3 quality textures that were looked so out of place in this otherwise gorgeous game. Joe, you missed the whole point. That's how bad things are in the slums. You can't afford good <laughs> textures. And knock them back in time. <laughs> that was a tribute to the PS1 game, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right, though. There, there was some of those textures looked really rough, especially like when you, I remember looking at just a door, and it was like the most basic texture I've ever seen in yeah, my life. Yeah, like when you first get into the, the slums, and like Tifa takes you to that motel or whatever, and you walk up to your door, you're like, what the fuck's going on with this door? And, and I sit there, sit there like for like 10 seconds, and like, I'm sure it's going to load in. And nope, just never loads up. Just the fucking, like, looks like a picture of a door, like, smeared in ham. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that was an issue. <laughs> I was like, all right. And, you know, it's like we're playing on, I was playing on a base PS4, like, like the Destiny bundle PS4 that I got, like, that's a PS4 Pro. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, well, like, I don't, I just didn't understand why this otherwise beautiful game had this issue. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I will give you that. It, that was a bit <laughs> It would especially be bad when you wait for it, and it, I think like I timed it once. It took like a minute and a half for something to finally show up there, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> oh man, and you know, and it'd be one thing if like, oh, like whatever, you're in the slums for for a few minutes, and then you're gone. It's like, no, you spend a ton of time in those slums. <laughs> like, so you're constantly looking at these textures and wondering what the hell happened. Well, hopefully, with the power of the PlayStation Five, this game is not on Xbox. X- a game pass, right? Uh, it's not on Xbox at all. Ah, well, there you go. Oh, so one one point for the good guys, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, maybe with the PlayStation Five, with the updated stuff, we'll get functioning doors again. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like it's a hearty thumbs up from the both of us on this one. Yes, absolutely. All right, so here we are, Joe, the main event. One of the most controversial games to come out in between our show, our last show here, which is one of those games you'd figure would just be an absolute slam dunk. Like, I was actually questioning whether I, why I didn't uh, pre-order it, and then news broke, and that is The Last of Us Part 2. So just to be clear on this one, folks, here, we're, we're going to be up front. Joe is the dude who played it. He beat it, <laughs> played it from beginning to end. I twice. So, oh, and I am just merely a guy who uh, read up on the spoilers and watched a bunch of footage on the subject. So, Joe, why don't you take it away on this one? Give us some of your th- your thoughts on the. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, let's see. I think the game was real good. <laughs> like, I think it's one of my favorite games. Uh, like it's either this or Final Fantasy VII for me as my personal game of the year so far. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I think it's for me the best game of Naughty Dog's put out, like at all. Hmm. Which yeah, it's for like that holds a lot of weight for me because like I love pretty much everything they've ever put out, um, including The Last of Us Part One and like four really great, five really great Uncharted games and like like. Their their what they their output has always been excellent and like I was looking forward to to part two and you know like I got wind of the spoilers I got spoiled a little bit uh, on Twitter because 
people picked up on that and immediately made it their mission to make it make those spoilers as widely known as possible. Um, but overall, like I thought, the game was excellent. Like just like a, a, a masterclass of video game development. Like from from like even the accessibility options. Uh, like I wanted to shout that out specifically uh, because like the game is is like the, the sea of options that, that Naughty Dog put into this game uh, to make it so that basically anyone interested in playing the game can do so. Um, like from, like if you're hard of hearing or like, or like if you're visually impaired uh, or even just like difficulty stuff, like, like, the, like there are so many options there to make it so that pretty much anybody can play the game uh, no matter what. Like they've got, uh, like personally what I use, like I increased the size of the HUD. Cause like I said, when we're talking about Tsushima, uh, like I'm not very good at reading very small text, so like you can increase the size of the HUD. Um, you can change. Like, there's a million options for customizing the subtitles. Uh, you can even make it so that you can pick up like ammo and like components automatically just by walking next to them. Uh, and then uh, there's even like a high contrast mode where like it grays out the world and and like your character like your characters are blue and the enemies are red. Uh, like stuff like that. That's like like they went like way above and beyond, uh, like what any other game that I've seen uh, to make the game as accessible as possible. So like I think the game is <laughs> just for 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 all that. Um, but you know like there's an attention to detail in the game in the actual game as well um, that like I haven't seen a video game like like the, the character models, the animations, the the, the character behaviors. Uh, like just A plus stuff, like and you know, like I haven't even talked about like the combat. The combat is so like like if you played Last of Us Part One, like that, then you you've got a pretty good idea of what to expect here. But like I think that they've done a better job of refining like the stealth. Um, like the, real, the only real issue I have with the combat is you know like switching uh, between weapons. Like once it once your cover is blown, basically, like that's it, kind of a pain in the ass. But uh, <laughs> um, let's see, I'm, like. Like I'm, I'm talking about all the stuff besides the story first. I want to get this stuff out of the way. Um, like even just upgrading weapons, like at workbenches, like like you like you pick up components for crafting or whatever, and you pick up like pieces for 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 upgrading your weapons. And what you do is you go to these workbenches, and then your character like 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 once you say, oh, I want to upgrade the grip on my pistol, so like. Like you, you, you do that. Like an Ellie takes apart the gun. Like she sands it down, does this and that. Like and every upgrade for every gun has like its own like unique little animation for what she does to actually upgrade it. And it's like, oh, this is actually extremely satisfying. Uh, so that stuff is all really cool. Like from a pure gameplay uh, perspective, I think the game works extremely well. Like, but that's not what people really want to hear about, is it, Malcolm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people want to know what the heck is up with that story uh mm. so, <laughs> all right so do you want to like sort of take it in order or do you want to like get the any big ones out of the way or all right so like uh so like i said the story and the characters i think are excellent the the the, the structure and the pacing could use some work um because you kind of switch between characters at one point there's a lot of flashbacks for both characters um and yeah, like like, and the game does take a long time <laughs> to, to to get all the way through. Um, like the, I remember the original game, you play through it in about fifteen, maybe twenty hours if you're really scouring for for collectibles. But like 
my first playthrough of, of uh, this game took over like almost 40 hours. Um, like there's a point where it's like, oh, this seems like the natural end of the story. And then you switch characters <laughs> and, and you play through the same timeline uh, as this Abby character. Um, and that's an equal amount of time. And then you reach uh, what seems like a natural conclusion there. Uh, when those when Ellie and Abby reunite, and then it's several more hours after that. So the pacing of the game um, is definitely not the best, but but the the, the story itself, um, you know, it's this really it's. Uh, how do, how do we jump into this? <laughs> All right. So before we do that, though, I do want to say some things that you know. One one thing I will say that I do like about it. Uh, Graf- graphically, you know, we, we talked about a game that looked great but had some missteps. Last of Us Part Part 2, I feel like we're at the limit of what the PS4 can do. Yeah, like yeah. like every other game that we've talked about today, like Tsushima, um, Final Fantasy VII, like those are powerhouses in their own right, but there's like little things you can nitpick here and there uh, about the game, but The Last of Us Part 2 is nearly flawless. <laughs> It's like you're seeing mud trails, you're seeing muddy footsteps, you're seeing blades of grass like move around. Like I feel like Naughty Dog, as far as pushing whatever system they work on, and you know, typically it's a PlayStation to its limit. They they're tops in it, and like just like looking at the game, like okay, I think we're we're here. Like this is <laughs> this is literally as far as we can go with the system here. It's time for the PlayStation Five, which. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say that you know, gr- graphically the game looks freaking fantastic, especially a lot of the character models and stuff like that. But anyway, that's not what we're here to do here. So we're <laughs> – well, it is. But people want to hear what we think about the story here. So I will say that uh, issues that I'm going to essentially counterpoint Joe on are just issues that I personally had with the story here. It's not – Now, did you read the whole story or, or what, what is your, you said you didn't play the game, but what is your – experience with this game story i guess so i've watched a lot of the uh, key moments and i've read essentially the story okay here here so um so i'll be going my little issues here now i want to stress that me and joe are friends and as such <laughs> there's gonna not only is there not gonna be any name calling here but if anyone's expecting me to have any issues with anyone's gender whether it be actual or not like uh no that's not gonna happen here like i could really i could really care less so uh, i do while i do have some one other positive i will say before we get into this uh as far as the abby character goes while i can't really say i like her i in fact i would go as far to say <laughs> that i don't like her i will say watching her do melee is one of the most satisfying things i've ever seen <laughs> abby kicks ass dude <laughs> it's like, like watching oh, this like mini Brock Lesnar just go up to a freaking clicker and deck them in the face <laughs> repeatedly, <laughs> like or and just like destroy dudes. Like I saw like one time she actually juggled a dude against a truck. It was like, <laughs> 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 oh, it's so it was it was. I actually loved it. Like if they make a DLC where you can have her do an F five, I'm I'll buy the game right then. <laughs> just throwing it out there, Naughty Dog. But anyway. So let's let's go in, into this here. So right, right. So my my issues is a lot is the directions they take a lot of the characters and story and what they ask 
of the player. Like, and some of it, I feel like uh, Neil Druckmann, the guy who wrote the story, I feel like before he wrote the story, he woke up one morning, took a dump, sniffed it, and thought to himself, you know, this doesn't stink. And from then, (laughs) (laughs) from then, it was just downhill here. So let's start with the major deal here. One that we have a difference of an opinion on, uh, that, of course, Ethan dying. Right, like, <laughs> almost right at the beginning of the game. Uh, t- I would say two, three hours in. Well, who's who's dying now? Am I am I misremembering his name? The you Joel. Ethan? Joel. <laughs> like, Ethan. Like, <laughs> where did Ethan? Where did like, Ethan come there'd, from? There'd be no there'd be no game if Ethan died. <laughs> like, oh well, that's oh, oh well. <laughs> and then Ellie just stays at home. <laughs> Yeah, it would be a easier game. So Joel, Joel dies at the fucking beginning there, two three hours in. So you were for it. Uh, I'll let you say your piece first here. What, what, why didn't this phase you as much as say other people? Well, I mean it's jarring, right? Because like you, like, like if you play, like I assume most people who played this game didn't just jump into part two. Like I'm sure, like most people uh, played through part one first, right? Uh, so you spend, like I said earlier, anywhere between fifteen and twenty hours. Uh, with this guy um, and you know like he does some pretty terrible things over the course of that game uh, and he's like like you grow attached to him just through sheer the sheer amount of time that you spend with him like but he's not a good person <laughs> like <laughs> like and that decision he makes at the very end of the game is probably the worst decision of all <laughs> like it's like that kind of cements him is kind of this horribly selfish dude um, and you know like Sure, you can like empathize like with someone willing to do anything to for the people that they love, but like like man, there's you did a lot for this one person, didn't you? <laughs> um, so you reached a point where where someone eventually does come back and get him. Like the game doesn't make clear why that happens at first, but you have a pretty good idea of what brought it on. Uh, and you know the game kind of goes like I said through these flashbacks to kind of recontextualize basically everybody from Joel, Ellie, Abby. Um, like all these flashbacks come to kind of recontextualize everything. Um, but yeah, like it sucks <laughs> to, to go out that way. That's for sure. Like uh, you know, if I could pick a way to die, that wouldn't be it for me. <laughs> um, but you can kind of like in context of what the world is and what of of what they've built over the course of like the first game and the first couple hours of the second game. It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> so counterpoint on that. Like when I, I found out th- this was literally the first spoiler. And by the way, thank you to whichever dipshit decided to spoil the whole game before launch. That was great. Uh, <laughs> this was one of the ones that's, that came to me and, uh, when we were discussing it initially, Joe brought up like, well, yeah, he did some terrible things. He was going to die. And like, well, okay. I see that argument. Of course, like that last, what was it? 10 minutes technically of gameplay of Joel's decision was uh pretty rough. That, <laughs> And you knew that was going to set some people, well, send some people off there and what have you. Like so. He wipes out most of, of a military faction <laughs> that are trying to find the cure for this horrible thing. Yeah, and depending on how you play, a lot of them were doctors. So, uh, yeah, so it, it was uh, to say that there wasn't going to be some retribution coming is, uh, you know, an understatement. But at the same time, you know, hey, 
it's a world where it's essentially kill or be killed and uh, it's a pretty rough world uh, world uh, regardless like from what i understand abby's faction was a faction that sort of took over because the previous faction was pretty bad and little and as as they t- after they took over they essentially took over exactly where <laughs> the previous faction <laughs> well, uh, i mean well they took over they did what the fireflies did they they yeah. took they 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 overthrew fedra were like you know the feds that, that were initially trying to respond to this outbreak mm. uh but the way Fedra handled it basically in every city that you see in this game it's like well they fucked it up here in boston and in here and over here <laughs> they fucked it up pretty much everywhere and eventually a group of militants uprises or rises up and and, and fucks them up to get mm. rid of them um so like abby's faction in washington did that in seattle uh, the Fireflies did that in Boston, and, you know, it yeah. goes, that's how it just, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the point is, it's like, there really is no heroes. It's just dudes doing what they need to do to survive here, which it's is... All just, it's all just awful people. Yeah, yeah, it, which is essentially every zombie apocalypse story ever at this point. It's just like, the zombies are really the least of your problems. <laughs> uh, so, but... It's us who are the walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the... But while Joel, what Joel did was was bad, because of the story you'd been with him through for that entire first game, a, a part of you understood why why he did what he did. Not justifying it or saying it was the right thing right. to do. Yeah, but, because like because yeah, you know over the course of that game, like he's he's try, like he's spent like all these years trying to reconcile what happened with his own family and his own daughter, and it took like knowing Ellie to kind of move past that finally. Hmm. Uh, so that's when he makes that really horribly selfish decision at the end of that game. Yeah. And, and, now, and, and you can empathize with, with his thought process. Right. But yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like, fuck dude. <laughs> yeah. You, you set back humanity back, you know, at the same time though. And I, this is not based on anything like given the, fa- the world that we're in there, I, Who's to say the fireflies wouldn't have taken that cure and used it to get power in the world? I don't know. Sure, but, enough, yeah, yeah, but that's hypothetical. But uh, okay. as far as uh, this whole thing, but as far as that goes, Joel is. I'm going to go look at it at two standpoints here. Like writing wise, Joel was such a huge part of the story. To essentially kill him just for some shock value at the beginning, I feel was a little wasted. Yes, you're building up this uh, new character here with Abby, but I feel like you could have done that, that without murdering Joel, like you could establish this whole hatred and feud and as well as the, uh, both sides of the coin that they attempted to do here, here without killing him off. Like it felt like, eh, like right to kill a character that you went through so much with that you had such a, an emotional connection in. And granted, you could say the same thing about a lot of famous movie deaths. Like, I watched a movie two years ago called Frickin' Infinity War, where <laughs> a lot of it, you know, the most memorable scene, arguably, is like watching all these characters that I had an emotional connection die right in front of my eyes. But at the same time, they didn't start the movie out like that. <laughs> it's, they saved it for this big point at the end there like i felt like if you were going to kill joel oh i i, I didn't agree how they do it i, I felt like they could have done it and it uh, you know if you're going to do it you could have had it at this big climactic moment at the end which leads into part 
part three. And on the flip side of things, a lot of people do compare this to what Kojima did with Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> where if you look at the ad- advertising... Also a very good game, by the way. <laughs> also, yeah, and here, here's the thing. Like, a lot of it, you know, like, I can't... I'm not going to... My my point being, I can understand why someone would be put off by this. I, I'm not going to say this game is bad. Uh, I mean, I feel like a large part of the backlash is... I, yeah, Grant, like the most revolutionary thing that sounds like the game does gameplay-wise, aside, aside from the accessibility mode you talked about, is now at now characters can crawl on the ground to hide, which was established on the Nintendo with Metal Gear. So it's as far as like gameplay, like you don't really get a lot of new stuff with Naughty Dog games, as like their big their big katana, their big sword, their ace in the hole has always been the kick-ass story. And the problems are all with the story, so it's going to stand out more than it would with <laughs> a different game. But you know, mechanically, this is not a bad game. This is like, you know, so I am not going to attack it like that. But Joel, like, considering he's such a was such a beloved character after everything you've been through with the first game, I felt like it was a, a short sighted way to to have him go out. But sounds like Joe was like, no, this is sounds right. No, yeah, I mean, because I don't think the story would would track uh, unless you were to die right at the very beginning, like he does. Um, because I mean, through flashbacks uh, and and kind of playing through both as Ab- Abby and as Ellie, and you know, the flashbacks of each character, like like it would only make sense for the story to be told in this way. Um, so, like, you learn through Abby, like once you. Uh, what you learn is that the the surgeon in in the surgery room, like when like the last doctor that you kill uh, before you pick up Ellie and run away with her, uh, like that was Abby's dad. Mm. Like he like he was a surgeon. Like he like and like you know like he was struggling with with having to kill Ellie to make a cure too. Like like he's like and you know and like and you know there's a scene where like he's talking to Marlene. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to convince her that this is the right thing to do, like, even though it's a really hard thing to have to decide. Uh, and then Abby kind of comes in after Marlene leaves, like, all right, like, you know, like, throws me, like, I would want you to to do it because, you know, this seems pretty fucking important. Um, then within an hour, <laughs> fucking mm. Joel has murdered the entire building, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, and oh, but- that's what sets her off, you know, it's like. Yeah, by the way, um I remember in one of the scene in the scene in Last of Us Part Two with the surgeon, he grabs a scalpel and tries to get you to go away, get Joel to go away. Um, right. Was that in the first game? Because I don't, yeah. yeah, I didn't recall. Yeah, I, okay, no, yeah, on. I replayed the I replayed the game right before uh, oh. Part Two came out, um, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't remember that scene. In uh, so okay, so I just wanted to double check there. Uh, just to complete my initial thought there, or, or about comparing it to Metal Gear Solid Two, if you look at the a lot of the advertisement, it makes you think that you know Joel's along for the ride. Like, yes, they did literally do that. That that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Like I didn't watch a lot of the trailers because like I was already sold on the game, just knowing that it's like it's part two. Last of course, I wouldn't play it. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I wanted to expose myself to as little as possible. Um, but I went back and saw the trailer that they'd put out <laughs> after the fact that after the game, after I already played the game, I went back to look at the trailers that they'd put out and 
Yeah, like <laughs> there's a scene that they use from from when you're in Seattle. Uh, when it's like, oh, Joel grabs you. He's like, you think I wasn't going to come with you? And it's like, no, like, he's he's long dead at that point. <laughs> like, that's another character from from the town that they live in who caught up to Ellie to help her on on her <laughs> on her mission. Um, so I saw that. And I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> but Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, like, they, they really should they really shouldn't just not have done that <laughs> at all. Yeah, exactly. And while I do agree with you, Metal Gear Solid 2 is a fine game. It's also one that I don't replay as often as 1, 3, and 4, and well, maybe not 5. But anyway, so, <laughs> but I, I, I digress there. So from there, it turns into this quest for revenge as you are, are following, as you're following Ellie and uh, her on again, off again sidekicks throughout this. Uh, this was a, another one that uh, sort of affected me there. Like maybe I'm just like fantasizing the first one, but I felt the banter back and forth between Joel and Ellie in the first game was, you know, a lot better and lighthearted. While with this one, you know, obviously for the most part, it's a revenge story. So it's going to be darker and not quite as uplifting as say in between the two characters. Like, how did you enjoy the side banners between the uh, Ellie and the other characters? Um, I still, I still thought there was a lot of good banter. Um, like, you know, Ellie, you know, you know, she's pissed off as all hell. <laughs> um, you know, like she's still Ellie. Like, you know, there's, there's the girl that, you know, fucking carried a joke book from one side of the country mm-hmm. to another until to tell these stupid, stupid jokes to Joel the entire time. Um, <laughs> you know, like she still got that sense of humor. Like she's still, like she's still a person, you know. It's not yeah. just a fucking revenge machine. <laughs> she's not just a sentinel from the X Men, you know. <laughs> Surrender, Abby. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, like like you said, it's it, the game. Like it's the story. It, it's a revenge story. It's pretty straightforward in that case. But yeah. like like I, like I said, through through playing both characters uh, and through the flashbacks, you know, it re- it does it really does recontextualize a lot of the stuff because um, like. One of the big questions, or one of the bigger questions at the end of the first game is that, you know, when Joe lies to Ellie's face, it's like, does, did she believe him or, or not? Yeah. Um, and the answer is no, not, not for, not for a, not for a second, <laughs> but, she, but she couldn't get Joel to ever admit what he actually did. Um, like he takes, like one of the flashbacks um, is that he takes her to a, a museum for her birthday. Uh, like a year after the first game, mm. um, and you know, like they go like in it's a museum campus. It's two buildings. It's like they, you go through the first building. It's nice. It's fun. It's like, oh, what about this other building? It's like oh, it's locked. Like, but come on, it's like if, like if we're already here, we're gonna go both buildings, right? And Joel lets like boost her into the building, and they get to and like by the time Joel finally makes his way into the building, uh, in she's there's like a big graffiti on the wall that's it's just the Firefly logo. Uh, with the word liars underneath, and and like he could just see wheels turning in her head. It's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then a different part, not too late, not too far after that. Um, I guess like Ellie kind of just got fed up with Joel never telling her the truth, so she goes back to Salt Lake City, to the hospital, uh, and she finds uh, she finds you know like a, a tape of someone saying like, well, that was her last and only hope. <laughs> like the only person that could have made a cure. Uh, is dead, <laughs> uh, and you know, like Joel catches up to her in in uh, in Salt Lake City, 
And that's when he finally, when, like, once he's presented with the actual evidence of, of what he did, um, like, that's when he finally admits it. And they just completely fall out. Like, the, 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 the two years between that and Joel dying or being killed, um, like, they're not talking, basically. <laughs> uh, because, like, she, she's like, lucky dude. <laughs> like, like, she's like, her argument is like, my life would have mattered but you took that away from me and I didn't even get a choice in the matter. Um, it's like, I'll go back to Jackson where we live, but we're done. That's it. And by the time, like there's another uh, scene that, and you don't see the scene until after the game is almost over. Uh, and, but it's a scene that they showed off early on in the promo stuff uh, is when you're at that party or whatever, her and that other chick, Dina. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so after after Dina and Ellie kiss uh, at this party, uh, this old guy Seth he he throws some homophobic slurs uh, at the two of them, uh, and Joel comes in to defend her, uh, but you know like Ellie she's still pissed at Joel. She's like, I don't need you to defend me. Get the fuck away from me. Uh, and you know that's kind of the end of that scene. But later on that night, Ellie comes over to Joel's house like, and. He's hanging out on the porch, and and they talk, and like, they, and this is the night before, and okay, so, he like he like Ellie tells her like why tells him why like she's been so pissed and like why, like, like even though she still doesn't think he she can forgive him for what he did, like he like she's like I want to start to try, mm. and it turns out this is the night before he's murdered. Mm. <laughs> So that's, if anything, that's like, it's like this, the game, the way the game recontextualizes everything as you play it. Um, again, I think this is why it needed to be structured this way. Like it, like, sure. Like initially from, from, from a surface value, it's like, oh shit, motherfucker killed Joel. Motherfucker's got to die. <laughs> but like, as you learn through the story, through these flashbacks and you recontextualize exactly like not only why he died, but like the relationship that they had between the two games, like the way that like Ellie is feeling not, of not just the loss of Joel, but the loss of the opportunity to reconcile with him. You know, like it's a whole different dynamic and to the relationship that you don't really see until the very end of the game. And it's not a way like, and I don't think there's any other way to tell that story uh, once you see it all the way that they've recontextualized everything. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So just to continue on, though. So Ellie goes on this rant, on this uh, quest for revenge, taking out members of Abby's squad that she had with her on the night that they took out Joel in really right. pretty grotesque and awful <laughs> way. And uh, at, at a certain point, you know, like the gravity of what Abby, of what Ellie was doing was starting to get to her, especially when she kills a, uh, one of the members of the squad who's in fact pregnant. And yep. <laughs> now in Ellie's defense, I don't believe, uh, okay, I'm forgetting how the scene went, but she either didn't know she was pregnant or it was just a reaction that she just like jumped in. Cause to be fair, she was trying to kill her. So well, yes, actually, but like, um, yeah, because when when they're in Jackson to kill Joel, um, she wasn't really showing. Uh, so like, when she saw her for that brief moment, initially she wouldn't have known anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
so by the time she gets to Seattle, probably five months after, four or five months after that initial encounter, it's like then yeah, like she she would definitely be showing uh, how pregnant she was. But like you know, when she attacked her that second time in Seattle, um, one like you said she she was attacking Ellie, with, uh, but two like she also was wearing a pretty big coat and it was kind of covering her belly. So like it's not until like Ellie stabs her in the neck and she like falls falls back onto the ground and then like her jacket opens up and she's like, oh fuck, <laughs> oh shit. And at this point, you know, you know Ellie throws up and uh, she. I really it looks appears like the gravity of what she's trying to do is uh, getting to her and she it looks like she's about to consider this reconsider this path and like maybe stray from it. But that's because when, it's not even it's because like she's it's not even the first terrible thing that she did like that's her third day in Seattle, hmm. uh, the day before uh, like there's another friend like her other friend uh, like she's a medic like she works at the hospital, um, and you know like you finally corner her to ca- when you catch her uh, but she doesn't want to tell her Ellie obviously she doesn't want to tell her where Abby might be, uh, so Ellie tortures her. Um, you don't see the actual torture except for the first couple of like she hits her with the pipe <laughs> a couple of times at first and then it blacks out. But by the time it cuts to like the next scene where Ellie goes back to where her and her girlfriend are hiding out uh, and she's like visibly shaken, like literally shaking uh, about what she's done to 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 get the information that she needed. <laughs> um so like the whole time that she's in Seattle basically it's just a whole like she's she's like murdering all these people and like it's traumatizing her as much as it's traumatizing anybody else that you know she's affecting mm. and the tragedy it looks like she's going to well the tragedy is she she's done what she's done especially killed not only the one perpetrator but her baby uh but she's like looks like she's reconsidering these actions and that's when abby appears with uh one of the uh compatriots i think no either Dina or Jesse, one of the two at gunpoint. And I believe this is where we get the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, at that point in the story, um, and the way they intertwine on that day, uh, Abby had gone off to help someone else with some other business. <laughs> uh, but like she gets back to the aquarium where she's been hiding out with, uh, with Owen and, uh, this pregnant woman, Mel, uh, and she finds them dead and their dog dead. And, like in 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 her kind of like panic, Ellie left behind the map of of uh, Seattle where she'd marked not only where she knew everyone was, but also where she, where she was hiding out. Uh, so they look at the map and they're like, okay, <laughs> she makes a beeline over there, and that's where they they finally have a their confrontation. Uh, and uh, yeah, like uh, like she runs into Tommy like they're in the lobby of this theater. That's where they're hanging out as a theater, like a. Not like a movie theater, but like a theater theater for like plays and concerts and shit. Mm. Um, and uh, in the lobby, I guess Tommy's in the lobby, uh, and like you and everybody else kind of hear the kind of the, the the noise that they're all that when she bursts into the theater, uh, she threatens Tommy. Uh, her, your friend Jesse kind of runs out first, and he gets immediately like shot in the face, mm. uh, so he dies. Uh, and Ellie tries to kind of like reason with with Abby. Uh, and, um, yeah, <laughs> and that's when it switches. Yeah. So, 
And from here, you're playing uh, as Abby. And when I mean you're playing as Abby, you're playing for as Abby for arguably 50, 50% of the game, maybe 45 considering the yeah. last bit. So yeah, almost, a, yeah, I'd say it's like a 60-40 split overall yeah. uh, over the course of the game between Ellie and Abby. Yeah, and this is where it lost a lot of pl- lot of players as far as uh, their their feelings on the story. As I, I see, and this is where a lot a lot of my comment of uh, Neil Druckmann thinking his poop didn't stink, but they were trying to do this. Uh, you know, now you get to see it from this character from the other side. You know, like. Like, because you know, villains where you understand where they're coming from are the rage right now. Thanks to I, I first noticed it in Black Panther, but now it's becoming more and more of the thing. Even Thanos had somewhat of a point up until you remember he's crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's like so you so you play as her and you start and you're trying to see her side of it. And yes, to a point, ain't uh, they get some of that point across? Because yeah. You, her dad was shot in that scene in the surgery room. So there's that. However, you also see her do a lot of stuff. Like So in playing as Ellie in the beginning, you do get a sense of regret. Like her reaction after killing the pregnant woman, uh, what you were talking about with the torture scene and how it's just like, what the fuck? As she seems like in a constant state of, what the fuck am I doing? As she's just trying to... She can, you know, go on this revenge crest that'll ultimately not get her back, not get her Joel back, and not get the time he lost. She lost with Joel. However, then you control as Abby, and you do have all this back. The backstory you get to see her interact with these other characters who killed Joel, but that's a tough hurdle for these pl- for a lot of players, including myself, to jump over. That this character Joel, yes, he had his flaws, but we liked him. And to a certain uh, <laughs> to a certain point, we loved him too. And I don't give a shit to hear her side of the story. Fuck her. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like not to mention the fact that we're seeing uh, Abby, who is a flawed character too. Well, I mean, like I said, it's a world full of flawed characters. That's sort of like you need a flaw, or else you don't get into the world. That's how it, how it works here. Like she's cheat. Like the pregnant woman that we mentioned, she's basically sleeping with her husband. And they're having this whole thing there. And uh, I remember a level where she you're basically attacking like her old squad. And uh, the the player that I, I was watching as he played it through, like a lot of them would be like, hey, Abby. And like would n- recognize her as Abby would then pull out a gun and shoot him or stab them. And you're basically and, like she's like super commando. Like she she is fucking deadly on the battlefield. Like. She gets like all the cool weapons, and she's like, do, like you don't really get. At least I didn't see it, like a sense of regret until like much, much later in the game. And for a lot of people, that was a watching all this, especially with the killing of Joel. It's like tough to say, okay, now play forty percent of the game with this character, and um, that was tough. Like a lot of uh, the footage of people playing as Abby for the first time is just voluntarily letting, letting her get killed. Cause they were that pissed off at the character. But <laughs> so, and, and admittingly that that's a tough thing to do if you're trying to in what he was trying to do that. Cause you know, which is one of the reasons like I feel people would have been more open 
to hearing this character if she'd just done something like, I don't know, Crippled Joe or Joel. Excuse me, Joe. Joel or... <laughs> Why me? <laughs> or, uh, you know, done some like... Or like just injured him to a point where he's recuperating or something. Like, as soon as you cross the threshold of this character is gone, we're never going to get him back except for flashbacks throughout the game. And like, you've sort of gone into a point of no return. But... That that's how I interpreted. It. That's why it was like weird for me to watch playing as Abby. Uh, how, how did you? How was the experience for you, Joe? Um, like I thought, Abby ends up being like a fantastic character. Um, like, like if like that, what you said doesn't just doesn't make sense to me. The to the for not only because it, it was her dad, but like also like she was part of the Fireflies too. Like those it was not just her dad, but like a lot of her friends died because of what Joel did. Hmm. Um, um, so like for her to go all the way across the country, basically to find Joel and to just kneecap him with a bat, like that wouldn't make any sense. Um, like, of, like of course revenge would be to kill him. Like that would, like it wouldn't make sense. Like it's that it doesn't make any sense, especially in the world that, that they've built. It's like revenge isn't just, you know, a slap on the wrist. It's, it's like, Motherfucker's gonna die. <laughs> like that's what revenge yeah. is in this world. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily um, have to be her choice. Like she could be torturing the guy just to, you know, first off, just to get a little bit of revenge. And as she's about to do the final blow, Ellie runs in, or some, or all the other NPCs run in, and uh, she runs off, and it becomes a chase to try to find her. Like that's just an example. Anyway, continue. I mean, that's literally what happened. But the difference is that, like Ellie, was outnumbered and. She wasn't able to stop it. Like she did. Like Ellie does get to him in time before he before he's killed. Mm. They're just outnumbered. That's just just, <laughs> like, that's just the simple mathematics of the situation. Um, like for me, like it wouldn't have made sense for for this, like the game wouldn't happen any other way. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, there'd be no. I mean, there's little differences you can do. Like Ellie has a machine gun when she shows up this time, or whatever. Or <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so. Like I, I get the point that Abby would be going for going to kill him, and it makes sense that she would go to kill him. But and she had reasons to kill him. But it doesn't matter. It's at the end of the day, it's still a beloved character. So for I can for me, I can understand why a lot of people that's a tough hurdle to climb there. Well, sure, but like you have to look at, like you have to read the whole situation. It's not just I like this character. It's like this character did some shit, and they never paid for it in the first game. Like, they had to pay for it eventually. <laughs> like, it's just not... Like, I I just don't think it's realistic to, to expect Joel to come out of that unscathed. Uh, well, going forward there, you play as Abby, you go through her whole campaign, and she has uh, some pretty interesting adventures here. Here... Here's, and yeah, because yeah, because her faction, um, the the Washington Liberation Front, uh, mm. the Wolves, they call them for short. Mm. Um, like they're kind of like after they've overthrown, you know, Fedra. Like they're still battling now. This other faction, uh, they're called uh, Seraphites, but they call them Scars because of the scars that they give themselves on their face. Mm. Um, and you know, like they're they're in this horrible like war basically for Seattle. Uh, and like yeah, like 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 Abby is basically a super soldier. Like she's wiping out these scars left and right. Like and like her faction is doing a pretty good job of of murdering all these people. Um, 
but you know she comes into a situation where she's got to practice some empathy because like she's she like her quest in Seattle while Ellie's in Seattle uh, unknowingly, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to her. Uh, so like she's trying to find her ex boyfriend because he's kind of gone awol from from the faction. Uh, but along the way, um, she runs like she ends up in enemy territory and like she gets strung up. Like she's <laughs> like like they're about to hang her. Uh, but they're also about to hang these two kids or kill these two kids uh, for what they see as, as like a moral failing uh, because uh, one of the characters, one of the, like they're siblings, uh, but one of them is transgender. Like, like, like he, he cut his hair bald because like he was initially uh, going to be wet off to one of the elders. He's like, fuck that. He's like, I, <laughs> it's like, I'm not a girl shaves his head. And like that, like he, that makes him like exiled from the group. So they're gonna kill him and his sister over it. And like Abby's next to him, like, and they all struggle. And in this crazy struggle, they all manage to get away. Uh, and Abby and and these two kids don't trust each other because they're from these fucking warring factions, right? Um, and yeah, like the way the story ends up being is that like, all right. Abby gets them to safety or relative safety. She's like, she's like, you can't stay here more than tonight. Cause like you'll, they'll find, they'll find you eventually. Um, and then she just kind of fucks off and <laughs> leaves them alone. Uh, but she's like, they're probably going to die if I don't help them. <laughs> hmm. uh, so the next day she goes back to where she left them and they're already fighting for their lives. Uh, and you know, their whole story, uh, you know, her, those kids trying to just run away from this group that's trying to murder them. Uh, even though like they're technically enemies, they're like, it's like, well, even I'm not that evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like even Abby's like, Oh fuck, I'm going to help you with these kids. Like I'm going to help these kids. Uh, and eventually it gets to the point where like one of them needs like serious medical attention. And like, she goes to the hospital where it turns out Ellie is on her way to the hospital too, trying to find Abby. Uh, and uh, at the hospital, like, Turns out Abby's been AWOL too, trying to find this other AWOL motherfucker. Uh, so like, it, there's this all this crazy drama where like, the, like she's trying to help these kids at the expense of like her standing in this faction that she's part of. Uh, and yeah, like you see, like, man, she's really willing to throw away that for these two kids that she doesn't know uh, because there's a tinge of like empathy because like there's these. They're fucking kids. They're like fucking 12. So not to throw this out of nowhere to you, but like one other problem I had watching this game was, uh, is me in that I'm a logical person. So granted the whole thing with uh, murdering the pregnant lady was bad. Okay. That was a real tragedy. And, you know, Ellie rightfully felt terrible about it. But logically speaking, like I saw, I would later see this character helping Abby in missions where she's like literally in the thick of things and getting shot at while pregnant. It's like, I feel like it was just, <laughs> it's like a better question is like, I don't care like how short staff her group was. <laughs> Why is there a pregnant woman <laughs> out on the freaking battlefield? Like at, I feel at that point, you know, like, Hey, you can make rations for the team or something. Like you stay on home base is my point. <laughs> and, well, no, she had to go. Like, she had to go to because she's a, she's one of the she's one of the medics for the for that group. So, like, she just was needed somewhere else. But like, it's a fucking dangerous place, you know. Like, every city in in the country, like, hey. like every like major city, like, there's 
factions warring with each other. All right. Um, you say there's, a, there's no like if. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you say like, it's how a, else is she supposed to get there? <laughs> you say it's a dangerous place, but Ellie and Dina had a fucking farm at one point, and it was fucking beautiful. They had sheep for Christ's sakes. It was immaculate. <laughs> that was Astros, yeah. Still, like it's po- post, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> look, they, look. If you're pregnant, especially that pregnant, you know, stay at home. Like. Granted, Ellie was the one who did it, but I feel like it was going to happen at some point. She would have been bitten by a clicker and or something like that. And like, I, I love how little we've talked about the clickers, by the way, in this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't matter. Okay. They don't. Like it's like it's actually <laughs> it's actually one of the most interesting versions of a zombie ever. But who fucking cares? Because they're not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Also, it's like, look, my own personal things is like you know, if you identify as a certain gender, great. I will do my best there and make sure you get identified as the gender of your choice, if at all. But and it's it's amazing. Like we're in this world is in the apocalypse. It's overrun by zombies, but you still have fucking racists and. Uh, of all kinds in this world, like this, like this, oh, two women kissing. Oh, that's so terrible. There are fucking undead zombies out there, man. There's bigger problems than two women kissing. Come on. Like, that tree doesn't take a vacation, Malcolm. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> look, uh, uh, look, if an alien invasion happened, I'm just saying, and if you, I feel like in the real world, and if two women kiss, they wouldn't be like, "Oh man, you're ruining this world." No, dude, the aliens are the pro- <laughs> see. I'm too like, logical, like, is my point, right? Like, like, like I just rewatched Children of Men last night. It's like, oh, women can't like women are infertile. Let's get all the illegal immigrants. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> I guess that's the problem. If your logical racism is does not make sense. Like on a logical standpoint, racism doesn't make no, sense. No, any bigotry, no bigotry makes any logical sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Like, but so, it does exist. So, if folks listening at home, if you take away one thing from this, if there's a zombie apocalypse out, if you're pregnant, stay home, and uh, you know, don't be racist. And I think we'll, <laughs> if there, if there's a if there's an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, forgive me. Uh, con- continue. Uh, so Abby saves the two kids. Yeah, and you know, like these these two kids um, are like important to her because like she's like it, like and they're like everyone is so comfortable in this world with like killing other people, but it's like it's like in that moment when she first meets them, like she sees like oh like people are just bad to each other and themselves, like even within these groups, it's like. Maybe it doesn't always have to be so awful all the time. Um, so, like, you know, like, her relationship with these t- these two kids, you know, it strains the relationships that she has with everybody else. Because, like, like, what are you doing with these scars? They're not, they're not us. <laughs> like, um, but, like, like, it's the right thing to do. Like, you shouldn't, like, these kids are, like, you can't just dump them in a trailer in a construction yard and hope for the best. Uh, like, even though... Like one of them, like her arm is like completely shattered. Um, like like someone took a hammer to it and like fucking hit it like in five different places. Yeah, I be- um, I believe they showed that in one of the trailers. It, really graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like it looked like when she first meets them, like it like it looks horrible. 
Uh, but like when she goes back to them the next day, um, like, like it, like to, her arm is like a bright, bright red, like the way like it would be like in old video games <laughs> like mm. when you attack the boss before you hit them, <laughs> the redder they become. Like it's her weak spot like, now. Right. <laughs> like, like right before they die, that that shade of red is <laughs> the shade of her arm. It's like holy Jesus! Like, all right, I got it. Like, so she takes her back to her friend Mel and Owen at the aquarium to like, so like, what can we do to help this kid? It's like, well, we gotta get this arm off because like, her arm is shattered and it's just gonna get gangrenous if, and she'll die by tomorrow if we don't remove it. So that's why she goes to the hospital, um, and. Um, Sorry, what the fuck? People only call, call or text me when I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, man, like like her, like that journey that she takes uh, to help these kids, and like once because like even once they she finally is successful in in helping this kid uh, with her arm, uh, like like her 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 friends are like, all right, like we've been wanting to leave and go to Santa Monica or Santa Barbara. Uh, this whole time, and, and we're gonna do that. And like, like we'll take the kids too if we want. Like, no big deal. Um, but like, she, like, one of the kids, like, is still insistent. Like, love the boy. Like, he's still, he's still insistent on going back to, to, to like be with his mom, uh, even though his mom like disowned him for, <laughs> for, for basically identifying as a boy. Um, and this, and like this other faction lives like on an island off of Seattle, um, and so like like he runs off to go find his mom. It's like ah oh, shit, we gotta go fucking get his ass because <laughs> he's just gonna go get himself killed. And at that point, it's like oh also 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 like there's a fucking war on now because like they decided today's the day we're gonna invade <laughs> their island and fucking end this all once and for all. Mm. And so like you go into this island, get the kid. And try to evade basically your own people who are like, hey, what the fuck are you doing to those kids? And then, like, you fuck up a couple of people, and like, well, she's a traitor now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, the, the girl dies um, trying to help Lev. And they're like, man, your, your people did that to her. He's like, God damn it, they're not my people anymore. You're my people. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so you make it back to the aquarium, make it back off the island, back to the aquarium, and then you find the fine mess. Uh, that Ellie made of <laughs> the pregnant chick and her friend. All right. So this gets us to the most uncomfortable boss fight in uh, the history of video games as you're playing Abby taking on Ellie. Yes. Uh, you, you, you circle back to the confrontation uh, finally and you're in control of, and, and they fight like they naturally would. At this point you're in control of fucking Abby. You're like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Which led to a lot of the YouTubers' uh, instant reaction to just let Ellie finish off Abby, which is not what you're supposed to do. So you continue on with this boss fight, and it, it's a very it's an interesting boss fight. But it, ultimately, it's Abby and her brute fucking brick house Brock Lesnar strength, powered by <laughs> powered by diverticulitis. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. She, <laughs> Like, hey, man, like, we love Ellie, right? Like, she can fucking hold her own, but, like, in a in a melee situation between these two characters, it's like, there's only one way for that to end. Yep, should have worked on the leg and then put on that figure four. But anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> work the leg, brother. Mm-hmm. So, it's an, uh, it's an uncomfortable fight scene because, you know, like, even then, like, as many points as you made, and I'm 
I'm saying this more for the sake of time and not to hand wave everything that you've brought up and over the last couple of minutes here. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, she still killed Joel. Like it, it's ultimately what's <laughs> going to come back to. <laughs> but ultimately, Abby wins. She has the opportunity to finish it and uh, to end Ellie. But in the end, she decides not to and just tells her to go. We then fast forward to that farm that I mentioned not too long ago. Uh, her well, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a detail here okay. also okay. that's important. Uh, is that like, like she beats the shit out of Ellie, <laughs> um, but like also like towards the end, like at the end of that, uh, her girlfriend comes out, uh, Dina, mm-hmm. and we learn a couple of days before this uh, that Dina is pregnant. Also, uh, with, obviously, obviously not with Ellie's baby, uh, but with her ex-boyfriend's uh, baby, uh, the Jesse guy who came to help, uh, Who's dead. Came, who came down to Seattle, yeah, who, who has died. Um, and she tries to, to fight Abby off, but obviously she overpowers her too. Uh, and she she takes like Ellie's like switchblade like, and holds it to her throat. And Ellie's like, please, Jesus, stop, she's pregnant. <laughs> and like Abby... Like, pauses for a second, and then she remembers, oh, shit, well, my friend was pregnant. She doesn't say it, but, like, she obviously thinks, like, well, fuck, my, pre- my friend was pregnant, too. She's, so all she says is, is good. And, like, at that point, like, Lev, the character that you've been kind of with these last three days, is like, nope, you, it's, it's time to stop. <laughs> like, it's time, we, we've got it. And that's when she tells her to get the fuck out of her face. Yeah. So we then fast forward quite a bit of time ahead, ahead of time. At this point, the baby's been born, and uh, six months old, maybe. Would you say, or do they say? <laughs> uh, no, it's more. It's got to be maybe a year because the kid speaks at one point. Like <laughs> he says a sentence. Okay, or, so it's been some time. So. He can speak words. And yeah, so maybe a year. So, for all intents, intents and purposes, Ellie and Dina have this happy little life. This would be a great place to end the story. So then, yes, that's, that's <laughs> so so Joel's brother, if I'm not mistaken, then comes in, which is interesting because yeah, Tommy, yep, up until this point, Tommy has been very much against the whole purpose of revenge. Until now, he decides to march on and say, "Hey, Ellie's the here. You should really go get revenge." <laughs> you son of a bitch! And, <laughs> and at first, Ellie is like is hesitant, but ultimately, she decides to go. But not before Dina catches her leaving after expressing that she can't let this go. Dina tells her, if you go, we will not be here for you, which is kind of. Well, a- I mean, you also, I mean, you, I mean, go. yeah, but I mean, you also see like, like the horrible PTSD that Ellie lives with because of everything that's happened, both like not just in Seattle, but like everything like with Joel as well. Like she's tending to the sheep on that farm, you know? Like, and she gathers them all into a barn, but there's one hanging out at the end of the barn away from the others. So she gets them, she scoots them out. But like, at that point, like she knocks over like a, like a hoe or something mm-hmm. like, and the sound, like the sound and the visual of that, like it flashes like for like a split second of like the golf club <laughs> hitting Joel. And like, mm-hmm. she has this horrible PTSD episode. Uh, and like you play through like a quick 30 second thing where she's trying to save Joel uh, at the house. Uh, all that time ago mm. and then it cuts back to like her like basically in a ball holding this baby just screaming and like her girlfriend is like hey 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 whoa <laughs> like you're, you're here you're home you're home uh 
So it's not that she just like decides all willy nilly, like, oh, Tommy's so good <laughs> at convincing her. Like, it's just that she's like, as she tells Dina, she's like, I have, like, I can't sleep, I can't eat, like, I can yeah. barely make it through a day without thinking about this. Yeah, so that's like, so, like, I have to finish it. Yeah, so that exchange was not really more shortchanging Ellie's decision of doing it. It's just a Tommy for all intents and purposes was up for in the beginning of the game seemed to be up for not pursuing this. So it, I don't know for a lot of people, it, uh, including myself, it came weird that all of a sudden he's like, Oh, we should finish this. Like uh, later on, like Ellie. Well, no, again, the, the context, well, I mean, the context earlier is that he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't care. He's trying to keep Ellie away from it. It's like, he's, he, cause Ellie, like, obviously she's like, we're going first thing tomorrow. And he's like, well, hold on. Like we need, like a day to prepare at least, you know, like we can't just go half cut all the way to Washington or wherever these people might be. And he convinces her like, like just give me a day to, to gather what we need at least. But it turns out he leaves anyways, <laughs> because I'm assuming he, he wants to handle it himself or at the very least protect Ellie in this scenario. But like, it's not that he doesn't care. It's just, that's just oh. how he wanted to handle it. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I wasn't going to say he didn't care. Just that maybe it was the better, you know, as Game of Thrones has shown, has shown there's like reasons to not go into it. Maybe he didn't want to have a fight with whatever Abby's faction is for Christ's sake. But anyway, hey, so Abby decides to go, and we get this uh, this little stint where she goes into a sense. Actually, you want to handle the descriptor and what happens here up until the final fight. Uh, in, well, I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, you, you go to Santa Barbara where, where Abby, uh, and her friends were trying to go. She ends up going by herself with Lev, just the two of them. Hmm. Um, cause they're the only ones who survive. <laughs> um, Spoilers. <laughs> but they decide, yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason they want to go to Santa Barbara to begin with is that there is that Owen had been hearing that like some fireflies were gathered, gathered there and trying to kind of rebuild uh, and, you know, being former Fireflies from Salt Lake City, uh, they're like, yes, like, we sh- let's go do that. <laughs> uh, and that's what she goes to, to, to try to do. Um, but she ends up getting, like, basically caught up by this other faction. Uh, they're called, like, the Rattlers. Mm. And they're, like, they're, like, the worst fucking faction of all. <laughs> they're the cannibals, In neither right? of these games so far. They're... They're not cannibals, but they're slavers. Ah, <laughs> They're, they're slavers. They they take people and they're like like yes and they're like that's how they they farm and all that. Like they use slave labor. They kidnap people and and exploit them that way. Uh, and Abby gets caught with Lev uh, trying to find the fireflies. They get caught by these guys. Um, and you know Abby being big as hell, like they're like oh shit, we got a big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where you and that's where you finally catch up uh, with Ellie. Uh, like you find her. You find. You, get, you find her like her boat in Santa Barbara, and then you kind of track down. Uh, like you, t- like Ellie also falls into one of the traps that these assholes set, uh, but she manages to fight her way out and kind of gets where they might be holding Abby, and that's where she goes. Uh, she fights, she fights through all, <laughs> through basically their compound where they're keeping a where they're keeping a Abby, uh, and after all that, they're like, "Oh, Abby tried to escape." Like when you get to the prisoners. Like, Abby tried to escape. They, they, she's probably down by the pillars. Like, oh, where's that? Like, it's on the beach. She's probably already dead. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to the beach, and it turns out these pillars are where they kind of, like, they literally string people up by their fucking hands uh, on these pillars and just leave them to die. 
and you find Abby and Lev, and they're barely alive. Yeah, and they've like, been barely holding on. And you know, it's been a while since she's played Ring Fit because I remember uh, Abby looking really dehydrated and uh, not as muscular as she'd been through a majority of the game at this point. So I'm assuming she's been there for a yeah, while. Yeah, like I'm assuming they're not feeding their slave labor the way that she used to eat <laughs> <laughs> when she was a part of the faction in Washington. Uh, so uh, this so. Would- Go ahead. Oh no! I mean, so like she she brings them down, and Abby looks at her, and she's like, like there's she doesn't even try to fight or anything. She's like, there are some boats over here. Come on, and like, like you can tell that that, that Ellie, like when she sees her, like, she she's like, well, shit. <laughs> it seems like they've already done a lot to this woman. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how much more I could do, uh, short of actually killing her. So like, so like, you get to the boats. Um, Abby loads love into one boat, and and like Ellie just gets to a point. She's like, I I can't let you leave, <laughs> and Abby's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, uh, but then like you pull out Ellie pulls out her knife and like threatens Love, who's like barely conscious. She's like, Well, yes, you are, <laughs> and it's like very well. <laughs> So you fight on the beach in this, like, fog, and, like, it's intense because, like, obviously Abby's, like, in horrible shape, but Ellie is too because, like, when she got caught in that trap, you know, like, it was, like, one of those snares where you get caught up in a tree, but, like, her momentum uh, kind of, like, slammed her into, like, this branch that, like, impaled her, like, like right above the kidney or, like, between the kidney and the liver, like, something bad. Like, so she's barely hanging in too. So, like, this is, like, the only way that <laughs> that she could ever really physically confront Abby is for both of them to be in this horrible shape. Yeah. Uh, it's but, got, it's kind of interesting. Like, despite Abby losing everything that she's, all the torture she's been through for the time and that stabbing that Ellie took, it's now kind of a fair fight thanks to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so they fight, and and even though you're controlling Ellie this time, like like it feels like you're the bad guy in this situation, you know, mm. uh, like it like that's that that was my big takeaway is like the the two confrontations that these characters have, like Ellie feels like the bad guy each time, um, just in the context of everything that that's been happening uh, as you've seen it and the way they've kind of fed it to you, um, like it's. Like, it's kind of hard, like, even though it's like, yeah, it's like, obviously she's got the right to be pissed and still want the, her revenge. But it's like, it's like, man, what more could you possibly do to Abby besides just killing her? Like, she could have killed you already before, like, and you came to find her anyway. Mm. And, and like, now she's barely alive and just trying to get her, like, get a life for her and this kid. Yeah. And it, it's a brutal fight that, you know, going to your point that, Ellie feels like the bad guy in this. In the beginning of the fight, Ellie has a knife, for Christ's sakes. And yeah. <laughs> and you're just slashing her. And she's withstanding it, fighting through. And it gets to a point where finally Ellie has her pinned underwater. Because they're fighting literally in the beach at this point. Yeah. And there comes like a, a part where her Abby, in her desperation, bites Ellie's fingers. Actually bites two, like her pinky. Her pinky and, and her ring yeah, and bites it clean off. Like, it's actually fairly impressive, and I'm kind of shocked she had the strength to do that. But, hey, whatever. Like, maybe there's a trick to it. But anyway, so she bites it clean off, but it's not enough. Ellie still pins her down underneath the water. It seems like, finally, 
you're going to get this revenge that you've been seeking on all this time. But then I don't know if to say it's PTSD at this point or just simply a vision of Joel pops in her head. Ellie can't do it. And she relents, backs off, starts sobbing. Abby gets up and Ellie just tells her to go. And Abby and uh, and Lev, her, Lev get into yep. the boat. Well, Lev doesn't really have a choice in the matter. He's already in the boat. <laughs> and they drive off. Probably not to be seen until DLC or in Last of Us Part 3. And uh, so I want to be be descriptive when I may, when I what I say when this ending sucks. Because <laughs> you're like, wonderfully animated, nothing to take away there. <laughs> and you get the message of what they're saying there. This, you know, like... Maybe it's because it's 2020, but this, you know, like, to me, this feels like of a bummer of a game to be playing in 2020 right now when things are a bummer enough. But she, she, <laughs> she goes to that farm, and true to her word, Dina and the kid are gone. And uh, something we didn't really touch on, but there was like a moment where Joel teaches Ellie to play this one guitar or riff, which apparently you could. They put so much into playing the guitar, you could actually play actual songs on there if you know the actual yeah, riffs. So she goes, it's like, she's got... And you, play the, and you play the guitar several times over the course of the game when you're controlling Ellie. Um, and she goes to sit down. She's got no kid, no love. She, no revenge, sits on the guitar with the last reminder of Joel, the guitar, and starts to play the song that he taught her and realizes now because she chased revenge this whole time and lost her fingers, she can't even play, finish the song anymore. She can't even finish the one reminder she has left of Joel. So she leaves the guitar behind, leaves the house. We see her wander into the horizon. That's your game. Yep. So just... This is a personal perspective here. As far as this goes, uh, you know, this is a bummer. This fucking <laughs> like they should call. I this... mean, I mean, that's what this game is. <laughs> like, that's what the last one was. Like, did you feel good at the end of the last game? So, so here's the thing. <laughs> like, no. I, so it feels like they took that last ten minutes of the first game, and like, okay, let's stretch that out to be fifty percent of the game. <laughs> And I feel like that's where a lot of the disconnect comes, at least uh, from both watching other people as well as other uh, just watching the game in general there. I mean, yeah, El Abby had a point, but at the same time, like I'll say it once, I'll say it again. She killed Joel. Like, I'm sure the guy who killed John Lennon was a great was great to his mother. <laughs> He still killed John Lennon. Like, <laughs> all right, he's not. All right, Joel isn't John fucking Lennon for a while. <laughs> okay. Hey, he was a he was a credit to his community. <laughs> uh, but was he okay? Hey, he he taught music to someone. Okay, but anyway, look. <laughs> the point is, like, he he was someone we cared about, and it's not only did we lose him, it kind of felt like we lost Ellie. Like, if if we find out in part three, she blew her head off out in the woods. I wouldn't blame her at this point. <laughs> like, I personally, I kind of feel like at this point, I don't know if the fireflies are still a thing or if anyone has the ability to make a cure, but maybe that's how the game even starts off. She surrenders herself to the re remaining fireflies. Like, Hey, I'm the cure. 
just kill me and get it over with and get it. And you control Abby as she, I don't know, deals with whatever. But, uh, so, but here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to say it's a terrible game. Uh, I'm really not. Like, I kind of wish I lived in a world where this was an example of a terrible game. Like, how great would the video game world be? Just think about <laughs> that. But it's a very bittersweet story. And, you know, maybe that's more. And uh, just uh, looking at it, you know, like, I, I've uh, expressed my issues with it. Especially the end, like, I get there is this supposed to be this thing of growth, but I feel like, you know, in the world that we've seen Ellie and Joel in, like, Ellie would have just killed her. And, but, nah, she, nah, she lets her live. And, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, it goes back to that flash when she was trying to drown her in the beach, right? Like, like, it's not, it's not just a random flash. It's like, like up before Joel was killed, like like the like the most traumatic thing in her life was what Joel had done to her, which was to fucking take away what she thought was her life's meaning, which would have been to be part of a potential cure for humanity. So like for like even though she said she was trying to like she said she was gonna start trying to forgive Joel, like I think like in that moment, like I think she actually did already do that uh and it was just a matter of you know like getting the relationship to a place where it was before like i think when she said that to joel i i think that's that she had already done that like and if she could forgive joel like i think that flash was her way like that was her like forgiving abby for what she had done to her also Hmm. like i think that's that was my takeaway from it so here's a weird, weird question for you during the course of the game, does Abby kill any dogs? Uh, no. So, I don't know if you heard about the dog controversy. <laughs> what's, what, what specific controversy? So, at some point, Neil Druckmann was interviewed. And I don't know how the n- reporter knew to ask this. Maybe this was part of the leaks, which largely I avoided. But... At some, the reporter asked, hey, are you going to have to kill dogs in this game? And Neil Druckmann looked him right in the eye and said, nope, that's not going to be an issue. <laughs> I mean, sure, you don't have to kill any of the dogs. Well, that's not true. There's like one cut scene where, with Ellie where you do have to kill the dog, and that would be the dog that you see. Oh, in. yeah, in the aquarium, yeah. Yeah, and of course, it's the dog where Abby was playing with. Like, Abby, like, there are a lot of scenes of Abby playing with dogs and pets and what have you. yeah. And meanwhile, with uh, with Ellie, not only do you have to kill that one dog, but you may have to kill multiple dogs. It's like a lot of people bring this up as a point to crop, to show that the, a technique that they use in the storytelling to try to make you like Abby over Ellie because Ellie kills dogs. <laughs> meanwhile, you see Abby playing with dogs like, oh, she's a dog person. She's cool. Man, I, I <laughs> what? oh, God, <laughs> like. Look, look, I love dogs, I love animals, but I think if people get so fucking beside themselves about protecting dogs in fictional fucking stories, it's like, fucking relax. <laughs> like, like, these are attack dogs. What are you supposed to do to protect yourself? Uh, like, like, I'm a, like I'm, we're playing Ghost of Tsushima. Like, how many fucking dogs have I killed in that game? <laughs> yeah. At the same time, though, Neil Druckmann could have avoided it by simply saying next question and just moving on with the interview and not saying, oh, don't worry about it. You're not, that's not going to be a problem. But anyway. That doesn't bother me one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. And is it true that uh, 
Abby uses has access to more weapons than Ellie does. Uh, no, they have different weapons. They have basically the same weapons. Okay. They all they, they have they each have a handgun like a, a semi-automatic. They each have uh, a heavy pistol, basically like Ellie's got a revolver, uh, and uh, and uh, Abby's got a hunting pistol. They both have a shotgun. They both have they both have a rifle. Uh, the one difference is that. Ellie, and you can upgrade all the, all those weapons, but they each get one weapon that you can upgrade, but it's kind of like their ultimate, like their their most powerful weapon. Like Abby gets a flamethrower, and Ellie gets like a a silenced submachine gun. Uh, like that, they have basically the same weapons except for basically. So I know we made a joke about it earlier in the uh, in the review here, but uh, how are the clickers in this game? <laughs> the clickers are nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like clickers. Are, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, we kind of brushed them off. Like, they, they, like, in terms of the story, like, they don't play a whole, like, for a post apocalyptic, uh, apocalyptic story, like, they don't play a whole, a huge role in it, in this game, it seems. Uh, but, like, the actual design of them is, like, like, it's not, like, it's all the same ones from before, but there's a few different ones as well. Um, like, obviously, like, remember the, yeah, the bloaters before, right? The, the, yeah. the big fat guys. Um, but here, like in Seattle, like apparently something about the weather there uh, makes it so that you have bloaters, but like sometimes they'll also like kind of mutate into something a little different. Like they'll throw like acid spores at you too. Like, so like there's some deviation there. Like there's like, were there stalkers in the first game? I don't remember. Like, I don't think so. Like these kind of like, like they're, they're, the, they're agile, but they kind of hide out. Um, and then there's this one crazy boss fight for Abby in the hospital uh, because uh, yeah, like the hospital, they're like, like the hospital, like we're like, they're raiding the hospital for supplies. Like, but we don't go on the lower floors uh, because that's basically ground zero for the infection uh, where it's like, like that's like whatever infected are down there have been there the longest of any infected in the city. So like you can get some fucking crazy super infected down there if you go. <laughs> uh, so the boss fight there is pretty fucking nuts. Mm. <laughs> Now, I, I've forgotten the lore. It's been admittingly a last, of, a last of Us, a, la, a long time since I played The Last of <laughs> Us. So can you, like, breathe it in and you're infected and you're dead? Or do you have to die first and then your corpse turns into a plant or a fungus? No, no. You, no, you breathe it in and then you turn into to an infected. If you die, there's nothing for, for the infection to take over. Ah. It needs your body to be alive to be able to move around. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, so, so if you die, you, that's it. <laughs> all right. Before we wrap up here, so I, I just wanted to stress, uh, just get wrap up my opinions of the game. Like, keep in mind, I'm just going off stuff I've heard, saw, and read about the spoilers here. Um, but I want to stress to the audience listening in that, it, you know, if I would have a say, listen to Joel, to Joe's, I almost called you Joel, listen to Joe's <laughs> Those review on this game because he played it he experienced it i will probably buy it at some point admittingly it'll probably be after it's on sale as um we're kind of tight on money but uh that was just my interpretations i'm still really hesitant to experience it just because you know hey it's like not only one of my favorite characters of the last game getting killed <laughs> but also hey one of my other favorite characters of the last game Basically, experienced the Empire Strikes Back of the. Actually, it's the second game, so that fits. All right. So, <laughs> so 
Empire Strikes Backs of all endings there. But uh, Joe, Joe, uh, you you played it through. Any last bits you want to say on this one? Um, I I just think the game is is tremendous from from pretty much <laughs> from whatever angle you want to look at it. You know, from the visual and audio standpoint, like just a just a masterclass of video game design. Um, like one of the things, <laughs> like one of the things that 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 uh that abby experiences that is that she's extremely afraid of heights like like so anytime you like you're on a high ledge and you look over to look down like the the camera kind of zooms out to kind of like kind of like simulate like a feeling of vertigo and like like she'll kind of like tighten up and like her breathing gets like heavy she's like oh god (laughs) (laughs) um like so like just an attention to detail in the game that like i haven't seen in in basically anything else i've ever played uh, and then the story, I think, like, I mean, controversial as it is, like, I think it served, I think it served all the characters very well. Like, I, like even, like, one of them maybe got their heads bashed in, but, like, I think that's, like, I think it served the story in, in a good way. Like, I, like, it's, it's, like, the story is very straight, like, ultimately, it's a very straightforward, you know, revenge story. You know, like, you know, if, if you seek revenge, you better dig two graves, that, that, <laughs> like, that's literally, that's, basically the lesson at the end of it but but like i just think it's all told so well like the characters are all 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 really well realized uh extremely well acted uh it's just it's fucking good man (laughs) so yeah maybe i think it's so good (laughs) maybe uh, i i and people like me need to come to the grips that possibly he while still being a fantastic game maybe last of us isn't the franchise uh for for us on this because that <laughs> in that you're like hey look so this is the second game in the row where technically it was kind of a bummer of an ending granted this one much more so than the first one but they were both bummer endings like maybe maybe uncharted is more my speed maybe <laughs> i just have to accept the fact that i like i don't know a happy ending to the end of an eight hour or so experience i mean <laughs> it's but not saying you can't have a great a great game for with a bummer of an ending but still <laughs> i don't know man like i look at like it's not like unique to the last of us where it's like like you know like the walking dead game of thrones like all these things that are so popular and and like are not shy about like removing beloved characters like it's like if it serves the stories like then shit what yeah. do you what do you, what do you want <laughs> what, what can you do i mean more to my original point i stayed away from those two series so maybe maybe <laughs> I, i'll just be i'll hey uncharted 5 game of the year i will, <laughs> I will support that when that comes out anyway I, I think we've talked enough on this one how do you feel <laughs> uh now for my second page of notes <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think we talked about this game for three hours. God damn. <laughs> uh, we've been talking for a while, haven't we? Yeah. Well, it's a monthly show, so we should be. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, this is going to be the last long, long show, I think, because we're catching up for like the last episode. We, we caught up on two years of games, basically. Yeah. And, you know, like restarting this monthly schedule it's like well shit now we got to catch up on 2020s games so now we've done that with this with this uh rather large list of very major games Mm. uh the next episode should be (laughs) much more digestible yeah especially i'm not sure what games are coming out in august but hey not not much (laughs) (laughs) i Uh, think we're basically just waiting for the ps5 to come out at this point right pretty much yeah folks 
This has been episode 219 of the firmware update. Thanks for patiently waiting for us. If you like us, as you heard earlier, yes, we are now in even more spots now. Not only can you find us on iTunes, not only can you find us now on Google Play, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on such apps as Pocket Casts, are one of my favorite apps ever that I still use to this day over the iTunes app. But hey, if you do use that iTunes app, no shame. But hey, use it to its fullest and give us a five-star written review. That always helps us out tremendously. You can also find our official page on Facebook where give it a like. We appreciate all our support in Vietnam. But hey, we'd like to see other countries in there too. So please give us a like <laughs> if you can. And you can follow me at PSMalk, at Wands23 for Joe, and at the firm up for the show. Joe, did I forget anything else? Uh... No. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening in. Remember, Abby's a terrible character. See you next time. <laughs> character of the year. <laughs>